It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And welcome. You're locked into the Locked on NBA trade deadline show. I was bumping that music there. <laughs> I had not tried that. I had not tried that music yet before. I'm Nick Engstead, host of Locked On NBA and Locked On Mavs. Here joining me, as always, Pat, the designer from Locked On Bulls, Winnie City Breeze. Oh what you got for me, Pat? Oh, my God. What is happening? The, the All-Star game is messed <laughs> up. It's over with. Uh, everybody's on the move. James <laughs> Wiseman, the newest Detroit Piston. What? I'm, I, I am. I am. Uh, I, Bulls, by the way, do something. Anything, please. Something. There are trades going fast and free. We'll be covering them all here for as long as we can hang on. Pat's got his voice back. If you listen to Locked On NBA today, it sounds like, Pat, it sounds like your voice is a lot better from last night. You're sounding like uh, DMX last night. Apple cider vinegar, a spoonful of honey, and uh, peppermint tea, ladies and gentlemen. That is the combination. Shout out to the lovely Mrs. Designer. This was... <laughs> 
Mrs. Design. This will be a uh, less structured show than you're used to from Lockdown NBA. We will be just reacting to trades and talking about like I will be doing right now. The Hawks are sending five second round picks to the Warriors for Sadiq Bay. Five second round picks. Second round picks must mean nothing now. Five no, no. second round picks is we so bad. Like 60 second round picks traded. <laughs> The Bucks, I feel like, are in their in their basement, like printing second round picks. They're just like <laughs> they're they're laundering second round picks. Is that it's like how do the Bucks have five second round picks they can send out for Jay Crowder? Bro, what is happening right now? <laughs> uh, let's start with this though. We we saw that we you and I talked about the Kevin Durant trade on Lockdown NBA today, but that's the big thing. Do do we think that teams are? are responding to that today. Do we, do we expect some of these trades that we've seen so far, the Tybal to the Blazers, the uh, Bones Highland to the Clippers, the, you know, whatever the Warriors are doing right now, are they trying yeah. to respond to this Kevin Durant deal? I'm, I'm going to tell you this right right now. Um, th this, this is the opposite of what we saw with Rudy Gobert, right? Remember Rudy Gobert gets traded. Everything kind of like stopped. Like everybody was like, did, okay, well, the market's dead now because of how much they traded it for. It also might have been what they thought about Rudy Gobert going to Minnesota, right? Like, okay, that doesn't really change the West as much as people may think. Kevin Durant to the Suns changed how teams had to ramp up for the West, and it is raising the absolute prices of some of these deals. I mean, we're, we're hearing about teams really, really, especially now in the Eastern Conference, something to keep an eye on. With Kevin Durant going to the West, teams are like, okay, we have to try and bolster what we currently have, because now there's an opportunity to move up. I am keeping an eye, of course, on the bull side, right, on a potential Zach Levine trade. But here is the, the most in, the most exciting part, I think, on or most interesting. I don't know if I'll say exciting, right? I'm, I'm a Zach Levine fan. I like Zach. I think he'll, he'll take a bigger step. But the most interesting part is the price that's being talked about here. So in the framework of a potential deal, they're talking about Evan Fournier, Derrick Rose, Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppins, and three first round picks that is the prices that are being thrown around today let's let's bring in john corrales from locked on celtics locked on nba john corrales what are your thoughts on a potential zach levine to the nick to the uh, knicks trade and the the bulls getting all that stuff back i mean well first of all it makes it makes the josh hart move a little make a little bit more sense <laughs> it's like like why are you getting a nice little supporting player when you don't actually have the guy to support uh, so supporting player, this you know, <laughs> it's like, it's like they went and saw like a big outfit on banana Republic website. And they're like, I'm going to start with the socks, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, uh, catch me up, catch me up on, because I was just looking at the Sadiq Bay thing. What, what's the proposed trade here? So this, proposed trade here. Hold on. Let me pull it back up here. This is the Zach Levine to the Knicks. This is a potential Zach Levine to the Knicks trade. This is uh, uh, just a framework potential deal. They're saying Bulls could receive Evan Fournier, Derrick Rose, Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppins. Players are interesting, right? Okay, three first-round picks is the part that really surprises Ooh. me, which tells you that uh, uh, New lot. York is absolutely trying to go all in, realizing that, hey, we can take back the city of New York here. Let's go all in with Zach Levine and John. I'm from New York. I'm, I'm from New York. Congratulations, New York, for being dumb again. Like, that's, that's my reaction to that. Uh, and and the Bulls would essentially trade back Zach Levine and Goran Dragic. So so okay, so the Bulls would have, um, okay. So well, the Bulls the Bulls are blowing it up in that in the in this instance. Like they're just oh, kind of yeah yeah the Bulls. So the Bulls are going into like all right, fine. It doesn't it didn't work. 
we're blowing it up. We know that uh, Vooch is gone after this year. So that this is going to be like, where's DeMar DeRozan going to go? That That's my reaction from the bull side. Uh, the Knicks, I mean, wh- what are the Knicks doing? Is that going to, is that going to give them enough to, to compete against the, the Celtics, the Bucks? I mean, Philly, like, I, I just don't understand. I, I, this doesn't I'll, elevate them. Much. I'll say this with, with, Zach Levine in Chicago to say that his time here has been perfect. It hasn't been right. Like he's, he's gone through the ups and downs of, of a terrible organization and kind of hopefully starting to move his way into working with a real good organization here uh, with what AK and them are building. But the thing is they instantly brought in DeMar DeRozan that created a little bit of a power struggle. Now, if Zach Levine goes to the, the, the Knicks, you could be talking about a player that absolutely knows his role. Zach's a shooter on that team. He's a guy that has been a better defender, and he's going to be that wing guy that that team is is looking to have next to R.J. Barrett, who isn't included in this framework. I've seen another one where he is included, but uh, I believe... Well, that would be a disaster Fournier. for New York. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I believe Fournier's not in that one. But the thing is, Zach Levine, it's been reported that he hasn't had felt like he's had the clear-cut number one role on this team. And DeMar DeRozan, for his time here, has just been better than Zach Levine has. So he hasn't had that clear-cut number role. So maybe a little bit of clarity. He goes over there. He's He's been a 25-plus-per-game score. His defense is improving. He has a willingness to facilitate. I can see why they would want him. Three first-round picks is a lot. Um, hey, Pat, in, in the comment section, they're asking us to count it up. How many first round picks? Uh, uh, th- three first round picks is what is being reported as of right now. That dog, I'm, I'm, I am flabbergasted. It is literally just the result of and how we started this conversation. And, and John, I'll get your thoughts on this. Is this just the result of Kevin Durant leaving the East and team saying we have to now? Now we have to go for it. New York saying like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna hop into the void left by Brooklyn. I I feel like honestly, <laughs> the Brooklyn Brooklyn, void. <laughs> Brooklyn and New York have done each other a disservice with their little stupid rivalry yeah. in New York because they keep they keep trying to one up each other, and this is probably like the fifth move that each team has made in response to the other that they probably shouldn't have done. Like, yeah. remember when Prokhorov first bought the, the Nets and they were like, we're going to buy everybody. That that was, we're putting a banner outside Madison Square Garden with Brooklyn Nets stuff. We're going to tweak MSG and we're going to go buy ourselves a championship. We're going to win one before you. And that resulted in the Garnett-Paul mm-hmm. Pierce trade and like the boss got the Boston Celtics, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And so that this is just part of that history. To me, if the Knicks are doing this in response to, hey, Brooklyn blew it up. Let's let's try to take that spot. Well, congratulations. You're you're fighting for that four five spot. Yeah. And and okay, so you're going at it with what? Jalen Brunson, Zach Levine, RJ Barrett. No, nope. uh, RJ Barrett's going to Chicago. It's, it's, it's definitely going it, well, that, that's part of the that's part of the proposed I trade Pat right now. Said that that wasn't part of the framework. Now, I've I've seen I've seen two separate frameworks. There is one that has R.J. Barrett in it. There is uh, Evan Fournier and Quentin Grimes are not included in that. I've also seen one that has no R.J. Barrett. It just has Evan Fournier, D. Rose, Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppin, and the three first round picks. But the thing that has been maintained has been these first round picks. Yeah, I, I, I I'm that. My mind's blown on that, right? Like, is this the team that you can go all in on and say, yeah, we're not going to need to add young pieces to this? 
I, it doesn't no it doesn't make sense like the, the, the knicks sense. have some fake first though too right it's not like just giving three first they're, they're not like the mavericks who like if they gave up three first round picks that's everything they have right that's <laughs> like giving them it's giving them everything they have these like some fake first that they got this offseason when they tried to do the brunson thing so I, i'm gonna wait until i see what these first are from the knicks to the bulls to to try and, and do any kind of like Oh, they fleeced them. They gave up so much. And the deal's not even done yet, right? Yeah, it's like not, we're it's still not a done deal yet. This is we're just still waiting on right it. Now. I think though, since they have these extra first, Zach Levine, Brunson, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, I guess. Who else do they have after that? Like Evan it's, Fournier probably still like uh they'll never get rid of him. It's it's an okay team. It's a team they'll that's be, they'll, be, to, they'll be good. They'll be they'll be good. They'll be good, but the, first of all, it's not what Knicks fans want. The Knicks, Do, the Knicks is it is it not what Knicks fans want? Don't they just want to be good? No, like they were just they were fine this then. Sacramento, Sacramento wants their team just to be good. The Knicks, okay, the Knicks fans do want their team just to be good in a sense for like five minutes, and then they're going to be like, "Why aren't we? Why aren't we winning a championship over yeah. here?" It's I don't know. They they were super happy at the beginning of that season. The Bing Bong yeah. team was like fine, right? Like yeah. the Bing Bong team was was okay. Yeah, Bing Bong team was fine, except it started out on fire. And yeah. that's why, like, to me, when I hear Bing Bong, I think that's a, that's a fan base that wants to get as cocky as possible <laughs> yes. about their team. And every fan base wants to be cocky about that team. But it's different in New York City. Let me tell you, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to say, because I, I used to live in New York City for about eight years, and I, I got a sense of Knicks fans. It's, it is a very championship robust mentality. Yeah, yeah they want to go from – we suck too. We're respectable, but they're not going to sit there and be happy with fifth seed. Cleveland is better than them. Obviously, the three teams at the top of the East right now are better than them. So right now, that trade doesn't even put them above. It doesn't even give them home court in the first round. So that that puts them in a position to have a tough first round loss, maybe a second round loss. Is that going to be? Is that going to make Knicks fans happy? No, it's not. Like I said, Sacramento fans will be thrilled with that. Knicks fans are going to be pissed. Here's Pat, here's Pat, Pat aren't they doing exactly what the Bulls just did? They're like, all right, we got a dude. We got Brunson and Randall who like combined make a dude or, or like are like close to a dude. We yeah. got a dude. We're gonna add another dude in Vooch. And then we're gonna get another dude in DeRozan. And yeah. then like we'll be good adjacent. And then eventually we'll be able to be actually good. Like the, the Knicks, I feel like are following the same exact playbook that the <laughs> that the Bulls just did. And that didn't really work. Well, I, I think the difference here is, right, the Knicks are are making lateral moves where the Bulls had to do something that a lot of people don't focus in on. The signing of Zach Levine, many of us have talked about, right, like you had to sign Zach Levine because you had to make your organization respectable again. There were many people around the NBA. I don't know if it stems all the way back to Jordan. I hear some older reporters and things say that the players have, have uh, never wanted to come here because the Bulls didn't want to pay Michael Jordan. I, I don't know if that, that matters in 2023, <laughs> right? But there was a stigma around the Chicago Bulls that players didn't want to come here because of how bad the organization had been to the players that were here, how how unloyal they were to some of the players that had come through here. The Derrick Rose thing definitely hurt them when they moved on from him, when he finally started to get himself together and he was moving back in the right direction, right? Like those kind of perceptions around the league kept players from coming here. So the Bulls had to reset their image. The Knicks had to do that same thing, but they did that when they brought Julius Randle here and started building that team. They were resetting their image. Players all of a sudden were talking about, hey, maybe I want to go to the Knicks. Maybe I want to go to the Bulls. Or I mean, maybe I want to go to the Knicks. Maybe I want to play with Julius Randle. Maybe I want to become a part of that. But then they never built upon that. They just keep going laterally and bringing guys in there. 
for moves that don't really make sense. And I'm going to be honest with you, the, the loyalty, as much as I love, and Nick, get the bell ready, Tom Thibodeau. Um, <laughs> as much as I love Tom Thibodeau. Oh, we didn't do it. Here, we did it last night, so you had to do it today. I had to do it today. Yeah. It's still, it's the same day. It still counts. <laughs> as much as I love Tom Thibodeau, right, he's not willing to play offensive talent if you're not willing to defend. I don't know how to tell uh, uh, the Knicks this. There's not a lot of offensive talent in this NBA that's coming out there and saying, I'm going to give you 48 minutes of intense defense. So for me, the Knicks just keep making lateral moves that keep them on that same plane of, hey, we're trying to stay relevant, where the Bulls had to reset the entire image of their franchise. And now the Knicks don't have to do that. I, I, I don't I think that they they've gone through that process already. Right. The Knicks are an organization that is a organization in the playoffs they've they've fought their way back right they've they've got the um what is it called they've got like the underdog story on their side this year right because they won and then they got knocked down and now they're (laughs) slowly working their way back up so they're trying to make moves to get that story on their side the bulls had to literally say hey um we're not a garbage organization we know it's cold here in the summer but you should want to come play with us Let's let's move on to talk about some deals that have like actually happened at this point, right? Let's talk about some deals that have gone down. Um, the one that just kind of happened was the Sadiq Bay to the Hawks that we thought was going to the Warriors, but now it's Sadiq Bay to the Hawks. It's uh, oh, we have Eric Gordon going to the Clippers now, the Houston Rockets. So like, let's that's let's a, that's let's a good move. Forget Sadiq Bay, the Clippers. The Clippers have now gotten Bones Highland in a trade for two seconds, and now they've gotten Eric Gordon. Uh, John, how does this change anything for the Clippers? Well, it gives them the point guard that they need. Um, so you get somebody there that you can rely on uh, a little bit. And, and Bones gives them some some uh, scoring punch off the bench. It's not somebody that you're going to rely on defensively, that's for sure. But, you know, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to boost their bench. And so when you uh, – especially in the regular season. Now, when, when you have uh, a guy like Highland who doesn't play any defense, you, you wonder how he's going to – what kind of minutes he's going to get in the postseason? But in the regular season, you got a guy who can go get some buckets while you're, you know, load managing Kawhi and Paul George. So there, there is a little bit of stability and and reliability in Gordon coming in uh, to to be the point guard. They've been needing one, and Highland, I think, yeah, a, a little a, a little bit of support off the bench. And and hey, if you ever get stuck and somebody is cold, you can put Highland in, and maybe he can be a spark off the bench and, and get you going for a little bit. Clippers now get one of the best meme guys in the NBA too in Bones Highland. That, that'll be oh, that'll be fun for them. Incredible meme. Meme ability is out through the roof. I'm so fascinated with this Bones thing because the Nuggets are just getting two seconds, and the Nuggets need player. They're like they're what? No, are no, they I'm, getting something else? No, 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 no. I'm just saying. I'm just. I, I just felt like uh, I, I was going to let you finish your point. Um, I, I guess putting relax, my Kanye. Up, I guess <laughs> the finger. I'm the finger is like. I'm going to let you finish. (laughs) The finger, though, makes me think I should stop because something happened. No, no, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't do that at the trade deadline. Don't Uh, give me the the finger. It's weird weird for the Nuggets because they need somebody to play right now. They're in win-now mode. They're at the top of the West right now. They've got to do something. They they, they get a couple – well, they they went and got Thomas Bryant, I guess, is something. like They they went and did that. But they they didn't think that Bones could help them in the playoffs, right? They they still need, like, a a backup ball handler. And so then they they go and trade Bones Highland away because of maybe some fit stuff in the locker room and there's the weird Jamal Murray trades and all that kind of stuff. But it's weird that they send him to the Clippers. Like, what could the Clippers expect from Bones Highland now if the – uh, like if the if the, the Nuggets didn't think he could help them in the playoffs, like I guess this is just a long term play for the Clippers, Pat. 
Yeah, I mean, this is this is a a move for you to say, hey, we we realize that point guard has been our biggest deficiency the entire time that we've tried to go on this run. We need to add people in that can be a solid point guard right now and somebody that can be in the future. At a minimum, right? We know Bones Highland right now is a is a good backup in this NBA. Now the question is, what can you develop of into Tyloo? Going to be working with them out there, <laughs> kind of like that. What? what why, why are the you Houston laughing? Rockets are acquiring John Wall in a three-team deal? Oh <laughs> my God! No. Didn't we just? Didn't we just play this? Didn't John! We just play this? <laughs> no, John. <laughs> He's going back to the X. The oh, X that didn't treat him right. Oh. But didn't we have? Didn't we have that whole Theo Pinson podcast that John Wall was yes. trashing the Rockets? There's got to be a buyout coming in that. Situation. This is a masochist there's, there's move by the Rockets, right? <laughs> This is so that's so funny to me. Listen, anyway. just just send me Alfarine Singoon. And, and, and just let me save <laughs> we'll call the, it a day. We'll right, call just let it me a save day. all the players that are bad or listen, that are good in your organization. You can keep Josh Green. Just send me Singoon. Listen, listen, John. We've changed. We've changed. Like we can be better. Steven <laughs> Silas, Steven Silas raised his voice for, for the first time all season. Like it got louder than uh, like a hushed tone. He he banged the table one time. We, we can be better, John Wall. The, the, the one thing, the one thing that I will say <laughs> is that if this is a vote of faith in Coach Silas, the no, thing about that, the thing done. about that podcast was that Coach Silas was in favor of playing John Wall. The organization it was, it was said, the front office. You have yeah. to play our young players. I doubt that he's going to stick around there. I doubt he'll be a part of that organization long, but. He'll get bought out. It's like yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna he's not gonna not play for them again, right? It's like Eric Gordon said. There is no improvement. He's he's yeah. There is no improvement. There's no improvement. There just it's it's funny. It's like they traded him there for the jokes. Like we're all getting our jokes off on Twitter. I love it. And so like I'm looking at one of my tweet deck. Thank you, tweet deck, for coming back. Uh, columns here and it's just like joke after joke after it's like quote tweet after quote tweet after quote tweet about John Wall going back to the to the Rockets and then in about half an hour we're going to be like uh, he's been bought out and be like oh man I think the real story about this is Luke Kennard going to no Luke Kennard hey man a man that will be a man that will be in hiding a man that will be in high demand today. It's Sean Woodley from Locked On Raptors. Uh, Sean Woodley, we got a Jakob Pertle trade last night. What are the Raptors sure doing? And uh, what do you think about Pertle coming back? Uh, so, like, on its face, I like Pertle coming back because Yak rules. He's uh, And he's also, like, the exact type of player the Raptors have been after since Marcus All and Serge Ibaka left, right? It's a center who is taller than six foot nine, which is a thing in short supply on their roster. I don't love the one to six protection on the 2024 pick because it carries over to 25 and 26 as well. Mm. Meaning those picks are tied up. I guess there's no Kevin Durant to trade for anymore. So like, I guess who cares if you're hoarding your picks for that, Uh, (laughs) you know, cats out of the bag there. Um, What I'm really interested in is like, what do they do following up Pirtle? Because I don't think this can be their only move because they'll have three pending starter free agents going in, to the summer in Fred, Gary Trent Jr., and Pirtle if they don't like move one of these guys. So I, I that seems untenable to me. 
the the Clippers getting Gordon and Highland maybe makes them less of a likely Fred destination, and they were frankly the only team I saw as like a real Fred destination to begin with. So I have no idea to answer your question. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I would imagine one of OG or Gary Trent Jr. is getting moved between now and the deadline, but uh, I, I, I'm i just, my head's kind of spinning right now, man. It's weird. <laughs> you want them to trade OG or Fred VanVleet? Is this a spot as a, as a Raptors fan? Like, let's just put, maybe take out some of the unbiasedness. Do you want them to trade those guys? I mean, as a fan, I don't, because I like them, uh, and they're good players. And, like, the Raptors are clearly a talented team that's underachieved this year. I think Pirtle addresses like one of their biggest issues, two of their biggest issues. One, rim protection, and two, uh, not having more than seven good players on any given night. They replaced Ken Birch, who wasn't playing, with Jakob Pirtle. In theory, they're the 10th seed right now. They've won three in a row. Their schedule coming up, if you look at it, is hilariously easy. You could talk yourselves into thinking the Raptors might just keep it together here and go oh, make Sean. a push for the play oh, or Sean. whatever. I'm Sean, not saying they Sean, should I do can, that. I, I care about you too much to, to put yourself in that situation. <laughs> I'm not saying they should do that necessarily, but like I see why the front office might be like, all right, this hasn't worked out this year, but we believe in the talent here. Maybe a different infusion of a different mix of guys works for us. I, I still think the right move is trading OG. Like I, I just think he is... Um, like this is the proactive move before you have to pay him in 18 months, get as much as you can right now, where there's presumably some sort of bidding war going on and you can get a lot for him, replenish the pick you just sent out to get Jakob Pertle, redistribute your touches elsewhere. You have Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam in those wing spots. It's a bit of a weird fit. And OG is like this perfect role player who needs to do a little more or wants to do more than what the Raptors need from him right now. But I don't know if you can justify giving him that leeway because you have guys who are just better at creating shots and running possessions than he is. So I still think OG is the move. I don't know where he goes now. The Memphis Grizzlies getting Kennard probably takes them out. Um, I've got my eye on the Pelicans. I really want me some Trey Murphy on mm. my team. <laughs> the Lakers, breaking news here, Lakers are adding Mo Bamba. For Patrick Beverly. So Patrick Beverly might not um, make the playoffs uh, this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's going to come to the Raptors as a buyout guy and make in the play his in. Career might not make the playoffs. <laughs> oh, my. Does that make the Lakers? John, does that make the Lakers better? Mobamba? I mean, it doesn't make them worse. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's fine. <laughs> better but than less Bamba. It's they, fine. They, it's <laughs> less Bamba. <laughs> God, why did I laugh at that? <laughs> oh, uh, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I think the, the look the Lakers the Lakers did a decent okay. job of getting you know, like between D'Angelo Russell, um, they got Bamba, they got uh, Malik Beasley, they got Jared Vanderbilt. They got they actually built a pretty decent supporting cast. I think what the Lakers did with 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 one with one of their first round picks, they gave up one of their first round picks. And they got those four guys. That's that's actually considering where the Lakers were, where they had almost nothing to move, and they turn around and they get some decent supporting players. Yep. It's 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 not like wizardry, but that's actually a I think a really good uh, some really good moves considering where the Lakers were to get D'Angelo Russell. I know, I know, I know, but. You put him next to LeBron and AD, and, and it just maybe keeps him in control a little bit. I think Vanderbilt's a good, uh, you know, good in the front court. I think you know Bamba can be 
he has his moments where you're like, wow, this guy's got a ton of talent. And then he has his moments where you're like, why is he even in the league? So often in the same game. Oh, right, right, <laughs> right. Uh, so, so look, the Lakers, I'm not going to sit there and be like, wow, the Lakers have moved into, you know, the top two or three in the West, but they have improved their team with limited resources. So uh, I, I do have to give the Lakers credit for what they've done so far. Can we get a second round pick tracker at this point? Because they're also <laughs> second round. Count it up. Can we can we count up how many second round picks? Somebody, somebody, listen, I don't know who's on the behind the scenes. Maybe it's just Nick working by himself. Somebody count up how many second <laughs> round picks. True. This is what's happening. Have been yeah. traded today. And we need to get a counter on the screen. Okay, we got we had multiple, so two picks in the Blazers deal. We had three second round picks in the Thomas Bryant deal. We had a second round pick in the George Hill deal. We had two seconds in the Mike Muscala deal. We had two seconds in the Bones Highland deal. We had five seconds in the Sadiq Bay deal. And we had five seconds in the Jay Crowder deal so far. So that's 20, 20 second round picks. Have come. Second round picks. The Lakers pick is now 21. 21 second round picks have been traded in the last 20 minutes. I am so excited for 2035 when I go through basketball <laughs> reference and in the little brackets when you go through all these trades, we see which random dudes were involved for all of these second round picks. It's going to be glorious. Of, speaking of a random dude, Tony East from Lockdown Pacers. Wow. <laughs> random dude? Whoa. This is my guy wow. right here. Wow. Did you know that Tony East has a uh, – there used to be a gentleman's club in Toronto that was called Tony's East? Tony's <laughs> Tony's East. Did you Hard to say. Club uh, every time he comes on Locked on Raptors, just the – I guess the former regulars of Tony's East jump into the comments and uh, can't get That's, happier that yeah. he's there. Congrats on owning it. a club, Tony. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also about to open a club full of second round picks because the Pacers are one of the many teams involved in the swapping of apparently the useless second round picks that teams don't care about anymore. Oh, Tony my. East is Nick Angstead's stunt double. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the same shade of green on today, Nick. We were hey, ready to that's go. right. Their, their lighting is relatively similar. <laughs> no, no, we're both just this white. <laughs> when you cover a team that is blue and yellow, you wear a lot of green. It's, you don't want to wear blue. It's like when you go to the uh, the Lowe's and you're comparing two paint swatches and they're just like right next to each other. <laughs> basically exactly the same. They're named two different things, but they look exactly the same. Oh, Let me uh, talk about the small things the Pacers did today. All the oh, small things. Go ahead, Tony East. Give me, give me what's going on in Pacerland. Yeah, it's confusing because they have to trade away or wave two more players. But uh, Jordan Nwora is their big, air quotes on big, acquisition from the Bucks, the 24-year-old forward. And they need a young forward who can shoot. So, yes, yeah, not like the most appealing name ever, but an addition that the Pacers desperately need on a young team. Uh, apparently George Hill and Sergi Baca, two veterans who could help contenders could be headed their way in this big deal. It sounds like it could be a multi-team deal with the Bucks and the Nets. Maybe even it's a four-team trade with the KD thing looped into it because Jay Crowder is involved. Uh, so the Pacers might end up waving Hill and Ibaka too early to say they don't really have a use for them on their current team, but we'll see what, we'll see what happens here, but the Pacers get at least three seconds. It sounds like the Raptors man is uh, going crazy up. Four more second Four more round picks, picks got <laughs> traded. <laughs> Four more second round picks. Wow. 
That's 25. Wow. That's 25 second round picks so far. Wait, wait, wow. wait, wait. What? what other picks just got traded? How in? is there, can, can someone the help Pelican. me here? How is there a four second round pick difference between Devontae Graham and Josh Richardson? The Pelicans are trading Devontae Graham and four second round picks to San Antonio and they're getting Josh Richardson. So they're basically <laughs> sending four second round picks to get off his contract. I guess. Uh, this is amazing. This, this, no, this is the absolute story of this This trade deadline how many <laughs> round picks rudy oh, gobert trade well, broke the market for first Kevin rounders Durant. so it's now second rounders Durant. are the only it's currency all but, right <laughs> uh the <laughs> okc houston uh like three teams own all the first round picks there's only second round picks left to trade wait wait we we do also have to mention the players were traded here uh josh richardson <laughs> traded for Devonte graham are there were there players traded? Players were also traded here, I believe. Hey, did you count the Celtics had two? They gave up two first round picks for Mike Muscala. I'm mean, two second round picks for Mike. Muscala. I did. I, I counted that. I counted, I counted that, that one. Okay. I have 25 so far. Jeez, man. Pistons are sending Kevin Knox to the Warriors and bring part of the James Wiseman deal. Cool. The Kevin Great. Knox saga continues. I um, guess Shom said on like the the show that Shams does, uh, <laughs> wherever it is. <laughs> That the Warriors are in on OG now too. I don't see how that's doable now that uh, well, Wiseman's they, gone. But second round pick, Sean. That's how they got a it's million true. second round. They got five. They have all the second round picks now. Twenty five second round picks <laughs> for OG. Would, and would you take twenty five second round picks for OG and Anobi right now? I wouldn't take a thousand second round picks for anybody. <laughs> Who cares about second round picks? Very clearly, they're just like monopoly money falling from the sky. They're not Denver, real, right? Denver cares about second round picks. You, Denver does. Yeah. You literally can just buy them. Like that's the <laughs> weird part, right? Like, is this, is this from the bull, from the Bulls guy? Yeah, yeah from I, the Bulls. No, no, you listen, can buy no, them. Well, yeah. we, we don't buy them. We we sell them. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've got a we've got a second round pick stand. It's off of eighty second. You know what I mean? Like we just sell them over there. You pull up. It's a drive through service. You get out of here. Has okay. Let's talk about the Kevin Durant thing since we're he, since we're all here. Wait, did um, something happen with Kevin Durant? <laughs> Kevin Durant got Kevin Durant traded to the Phoenix Suns with TJ Warren. We have to mention not TJ Warren, former Pacer, uh, to for Malik Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, and four firsts, not seconds, firsts. Um, guys, are the Suns the favorites? Should they be the favorites? Yeah. In the West, in the West, or overall? Let's go. Let's go overall. Okay, they're lo- locked on Celtics. Oh, yeah. East, I see we where you're going with East this. Guys uh, yeah, the West. Let's talk about the West. Hey, I'm not worried about Leave the West. Your... <laughs> the only thing that you're gives me pause on thinking Fine. the Suns are the fave is like their seeding situation, and it could be like kind of a gauntlet for them to get through with being on the road and whatnot. I like. I think the Suns and Nuggets are one two. You can just determine the order. Maybe it's Suns first. Like, I, I, they're not super deep, right? If they, if like Chris Paul gets old in the playoffs again, that they could be in a bit of trouble, Wait, but they're going to score a, just so many points. Uh, you know what happened last year, though, right? Like he has his birthday, and then as soon as his birthday happens, he gets uh, like decrepit. Um, he's been a little better now this year, but yeah, I, I just, I wonder about their depth, but also like who cares about the depth? They have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, they could play with six players and probably be fine. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, we got to include DeAndre Ayton in all of this, but um, because, you know, he exists. Uh, It's a big deal for them to still have him. I I thought they were going to send him. Yeah, look, they are top heavy. There's, there's, there is a real kind of, I think, consideration here to be made for how do they fill out this roster? Like, how how do they support these guys? 
you you can it, it's they certainly have risen to the top of the West, top two, um, because the West is so wide open. Uh, Are do you? So I said this. I said that same it, thing on Locked in NBA last night. We got a couple it, comments that said, "Well, they well they they traded KD, then they they got KD and they got TJ Warren. They sent out Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson. So they they replaced two forwards with two forwards. Are they any less deep than they were? Like, do you believe TJ no. Warren can can add something to this team?" I, I do, and and I think here's the thing. They they got deeper on the bench, if anything, if T.J. Warren comes off of the bench, unless you throw him in the starting lineup, um, because they didn't trade bench pieces, really. Mikael Bridges was in the starting lineup. Cam Johnson was in the starting lineup. These were guys that you were relying on for heavy minutes, and you replaced those two guys with Kevin Durant. That's not bad. You got T.J. Warren coming off of your bench. I don't think that that means their bench is not thin. But the bench was incredibly thin in the beginning. I think that's more so the point that needs to be. It was thin out. anyway. Yeah, I, I think the bench was thin anyway. Like literally, the, the the biggest name off of their bench that we talk about is Campaign, and now you put T.J. Warren next to him. Like that's that's a thin bench to begin with. I think I, I look. I'm gonna say this just to just to give the other side of like potential potential problems because obviously I know. You, Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant, and, and we got that. But you also do have to account for things worked fairly well for a long time in Phoenix because of the way things fit and the way guys played together and, and, and just the chemistry and the system. That was that was something where uh, we we kind of marveled at. Wow, they 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 lost Chris Paul and they still kind of were were rolling along and they would, could lose Devin Booker. Now this year's a little bit different, obviously, but. Their whole their whole ethos was we're just the machine and we can just put next guy up that that yeah. every that cliche everybody has next man up mentality that actually was being like put into practice in in Phoenix so yeah obviously uh oh oh no we, we lose John Uh-oh. did we lose John Are we taking over Are we who's taking everybody's the dropping Pat. out. <laughs> Now. This is scary now. That's okay. Uh, John, uh, get back in here. I want to talk. I, I can talk about this trade at all yet. <laughs> was, was John just traded? I, I, yeah. <laughs> he traded Nick, me. Nick I mean, isn't even sitting at his chair. Uh, so I, I don't know what happened to him there. We got, uh, we got me. I'm back. I'm back. We were in brief considerations for me and eight second round picks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Inside But no, I, it was rejected there. Well, uh, apparently they took the deal for Tony. That's what just Yeah, right, right. It was <laughs> David Locke said, okay, we 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 won't do it for Corrales, but we will do it for Tony East. And uh there it was. Uh was I supposed to add you back to the stream, Nick? I think it made me the host when you left. So okay, uh, I, I, I just I needed just to go get some buttons. water and I was like in the middle of drinking and you were like, You're back. I was like, all right, I'm back. <laughs> uh so the point I'm making is that there there is going to be the potential for some 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 kind of like bumps there there is some level of we need to get used to each other that's going to have to happen in phoenix and and that is that's not always going to go exactly well the talent of devin booker and kevin durant's going to overcome some of that but they do have to figure out how to play together and and so there there is it's it's going to work in a lot of ways but it's not going to be just total smoothness from the beginning. So the question is, does it get smooth enough that they work it out where this pays off this year? Or is this a deal where they get better 
next year. And, and, and Chris Paul is kind of at the, at the center of all of this, because if he's, if he's any semblance of Chris Paul, then this becomes a team that's a strong contender in the West. But if he's, if he's old Chris, then that, that, that might not work out quite as well. And you might see, cause you just saw how Brooklyn with Durant and Kyrie granted yeah. Kyrie, we know, but that talent, careful, still didn't, careful. That, that, <laughs> that talent, there still, that, that wasn't enough talent to carry them past the first round in any of this. So there, we, there, there are still some questions. We are 30 minutes from the NBA trade deadline here today. We will be talking and reacting to all the trades coming up. We've had some decent, like small ones go down. We're talking about the Kevin Durant trade to the Suns. Um, Can I jump in on it? Yeah. You were about to say the thing that I would like to shoot out of the sky. Why is the West wide open? Have you seen the Denver Nuggets this year? That is a very good point. The Nuggets rule. And, yeah, well, uh, I, mean, I, would I would think the Denver the should be the favorite. The NBA. And the best record have, in the league. Have, have the did yeah. you see the Phoenix yeah, Suns last year? You could have the have best record in the regular season and still not be like the favorite. Like sure, I would no think I, the West was wide open last year. Even listening to like Lockdown Nuggets with with Matt and Adam, like the, I think that they don't believe in their defense enough to say that like, oh, we got this, we got the West on lock, right? Like sure, I I, that's why I think it's wide that, open. But I wouldn't call it wide open. I mean, there's I, yeah, I, like I, I think there's it. probably a two team. Can the Nuggets be beaten in the West now? I think Tony, it's can, nuggets the nuggets be be, can the Nuggets sure. be beaten? Every team can be then beaten. Then it's wide open. Then it's wide open. Like, no it's, way. like last yeah. year, last year we'd be like, can the Suns be beaten? Well, you'd have to, you'd, ha- you'd be like yeah. hem hawing around because the Suns were so good. What and then they did word? get beaten. <laughs> They'll be doing what? Hem hawing? Well, isn't that a word? Hem hawing? <laughs> so the West. Tony, is that a white dude term that I just used? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I've never heard hem hawing around. Let, let us know. Let's throw a poll up. Hem hawing is that used in your regular? That's a fr- I'm gonna look at it. Right I think it's hemming and hawing. And hawing. Yeah. <laughs> to discuss, Nick, deliberate, Nick or contemplate. Just went off than- to get a drink of water, but I'm not so sure that's what he was drinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're gonna come back. They're gonna hem haw. I think it's. I don't know. Wait, wait. How many? How many drinks did I take? Count it up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I One drink for every second every round pick. Second rounder. If you. Uh, that would have been just people dying all over the place of alcohol poisoning. Where every second rounder would be. Oh, insane. my God. <laughs> yeah. But this guy, Ryan, agrees with me. Hemming and hawing. That's, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Ryan. Hemming and hawing is not but, hem hawing. But I looked up hem hawing around. is on, is on. It comes up on Google. It's like the first thing that comes up. <laughs> hem haw is like a rapper shortening hemming and hawing to rhyme with something in a, in a, in a bar. That's what that. Hey, I'm gonna tell you. This, this is right what now. the Pacers, people Pacers came Pacers here news. to have us no, talk about, no, man. No rapper has ever shortened <laughs> Pacers news. <laughs> According to Jake Fisher, the Pacers are expected to waive Terry Taylor, Tony East. Tell us, tell us what does oh. that mean for the Pacers going forward? Give us a hot take. Unsurprising, I guess he's the most obvious candidate to be waived to facilitate whatever the heck they're doing. But Terry Taylor's an, an all right player, uh, so we'll see if he actually gets scooped up by another team. He was, he's one of the best young offensive rebounders in the league. He had like one of the highest offensive rebound rates in the league last year. Who should Terry, who would Terry Taylor help if he like went to another team right now in the bio market? Does your team need rebounding? If so, your team. Yes. 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 (laughs) The Mavs Mavs actually would be, anyone can help the Mavs. They have four players. (laughs) (laughs) Josh green counts for two. So, uh, has anybody, we could, let's talk about some of these other deals that we've seen gone down today. Has anybody has anybody gotten significantly better today besides the Suns? I think the Lakers have gotten 
significantly tough, right? You have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. But I think the thing is, right, like we talked about this on Lockdown NBA last night, you went from having guys that play in the NBA to having legit NBA players, right? The guys that you know can specifically do things um, that are going to be an asset to what the players on your team currently do, right? LeBron James has needed shooters around him the entire time. You went and got a couple of those for him. So I I, I think the Lakers are a team that you have to look at. D'Lo is a player that to me, a little bit better off ball um, than, you know, trying to make all the decisions at the point guard position, which is perfect standing next to LeBron James. You know, maybe just don't uh, record any videos as as you uh, go back home, right? It's, it's the 2018 season again. But um, outside of that, right, I think a lot of teams are just making bolstering moves, just making depth moves, uh, except the Suns. The Suns are making less depth moves. But, um, you, you know, like that's the thing. You're now seeing teams kind of just – float names around more so in the east but we haven't seen a ton of these names get pulled the trigger for in the eastern conference i love this notion that thomas bryant requested a trade from the la lakers i wanted i wanted to make this a topic but i wanted to have some like some i guess some juicier ones first how good of a player do you need to be to make a trade to request a trade we've seen cam reddish we've seen furcon Corkmoss, we've seen jay crowder and now thomas bryant have all demanded a trade this year I like it. Empower the players, baby. That's this is right. like the natural yeah, yeah. endpoint of player empowerment is uh, John, 15th men Farcon asking for deals. Trade requests. Uh, <laughs> when do we get two-way guys? Can two-way guys start demanding trades? <laughs> <laughs> Can G League guys demand a trade to another G League team? Like, wh- where do we get to the, the point where, like, all right. You Sometimes you just got to force your way to Sioux Falls, man. It's just Listen. the way it is. <laughs> what? I, what I, I have – look, when you look at the evidence – there's LeBron James taking a contested fade away when Thomas Bryant had a seal right underneath the basket. <laughs> selfish. He's a selfish basketball selfish. player. He's on a selfish team. Of course you're going to request. It's on. There's a photo being disseminated throughout the entire world for some reason. And Thomas Bryant's like, I was open. Trade me. Get me out of here. Oh, Thomas thought he had it too. You know what I mean? He like, was he right really, there. He He's really had that look like I've got the mismatch yes. history after this play. <laughs> like he had he was I, I I'll say this too. I think the one thing that that we can say uh that we found out about the Lakers that might change the dynamic of what this team is right now is that um there seemed to be some contention happening with the team. Even right, I, I talked about last night where AD's just kind of staring it down with, there was such a focus to get LeBron this record. And it seemed like there wasn't as much of a focus on winning at times, right? It was just get LeBron the ball. We're not worried about I'm, winning. Just get, get them all his points. I'm with applesauce today. He said, no Lakers talk. Get that, get, get enough of that on ESPN. I thought with the Celtics guy, we would not have as much Lakers talk, but I, <laughs> I, feel, like it's, I feel like it's been brought back up. The Clippers are getting they're, Mason they're Plumley. Deals. I mean, I, like, I can talk about Mike Muscala if you want. <laughs> the Clippers are getting Mason Plumley. What everyone wants to know is how many second round picks are going to the Hornets, baby. <laughs> they're sending Reggie Jackson in the deal, maybe a second round pick. Uh, but the Clippers have now gotten Bones Highland, Eric Gordon, and Mason Plumley. Are the Clippers better today? I'll ask John Krause, are the Clippers better today? Yeah, I mean, of course they are. They, they, I mean, those are those aren't like they're 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 good supporting, like decent supporting pieces, right? So it's nothing to go crazy about, but yeah, you you know, Plumley can can grab you a rebound and and shoot a, a lefty <laughs> free throw for you. No, he can go grab you a rebound. He's he's nothing special, but you you just add a little bit of you, you're never going to make with when, with the Clippers in this market. You're never going to be able to make a major major deal. All you're trying to do is 
fill in enough gaps around these guys to kind of help. And you have some of that flexibility off the bench to play big, to play small. So, yeah, they get a little bit better. They're, they're, they didn't get worse, and that that's the whole thing. Also, Did they get better like, enough, though? He, he also opens up some money at the end of the season. They're not bringing back uh, Miles Plumlee. He's on an expiring $9 million contract. That makes a little bit of a difference. Makes the deal make more sense, right? If you're going to get an expiring contract, at least get somebody that can give you some production for the season, and then next year you let him walk away. So I, I think that also plays into it as well. Did they get better enough, though? I, I guess, like, Bones Highland, I don't see playing in a playoff series. Dude can't defend, and dude will probably just commandeer possessions away from the guys who should be running the possessions. That's like why he's not with Denver right now. I think Plumley's a great ad because they just needed someone behind Zubots, but like Gordon's good. Like they just have too many guys, is the thing. They have so many guys, and I felt like they were ripe for a consolidation trade, but instead it just feels like they've added an extra guy or two to the mix it's going to complicate the rotations even more like you can only play so many guys in a playoff series i don't know if they added anyone who markedly changes their life and honestly canard might be the best player who went out the door i don't think that's crazy to say either if highland like obviously they... has higher upside but like i just as far as like the suns and the nuggets i don't think they've gotten good enough to change my sort of pecking order i think the suns and nuggets are pretty clearly still ahead of where the Clippers are because there's just too many decisions to make and too many guys who just like are kind of weird fits there. I don't know. Also, most Clippers fans the... seem very mad about the teams. It's sort of where I'm pulling all this from. Weren't we told the Clippers were the deepest team in the NBA anyway? Now they're just flipping out deep parts for other deep parts. Yeah, depth has diminishing returns, right? Like you, there's only so many minutes to go around in a game. You can't 2K it and have 15 guys play nine minutes or whatever it is. Like you get to a playoff series, you're going to have eight or nine guys play, and I don't think they've really changed outside of Plumlee and I suppose Gordon changed who their nine guys are going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think they, they traded – I like how you said it. They traded guys for guys, right? Like yeah. <laughs> they, they traded guys Usually for guys. Usually what like, happens. I, I, don't, I don't feel <laughs> – but Not no, they didn't get any dudes, guys. though. That's Not the thing. Yeah, they had to get a dude. <laughs> guys, 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 but they didn't get a dude. I, I, I agree fully with that sentiment. No, I, I think that, right, like, I, I looked at the Clippers coming into this year, and the reasons were, right, you, you looked at guys like Norman Powell, and you said, hey, they're, they're incredibly deep because when you go to the bench, you have a guy that can put up 10 points a game to 12 to 15 points a game. You're now moving on to guys that at times can give you 10 to 15 points a game, right? As as, my, as uh, John said, uh, Mason Plumlee can grab a rebound. Um, I'm not impressed by anything they did, but the biggest question with the Clippers doesn't change. How often are Kawhi and PG going to play together? The thing that drives me nuts about the Bones thing, like, is no one looking around and like asking some questions about like, this dude was playing for the Nuggets with Nikola Jokic, probably the most fun guy to play with, the guy who's going to set you up for success better than yep. anybody else. The team is one of the two or three favorites to win the championship, and he's like, nah, not for me. Uh, I got to go get my shots up somewhere. Like, that feels like a red flag for a contender yeah. to then go trade for him. I don't know. I, I'll tell you this. I, I, I get it. I, I, you're not wrong necessarily. It's just that these young guys who they're just scorers in general, this is this is a business. This is their yeah. livelihood. And he's a bucket getter. And he's not this is not the time of his career. It's not the time of his life where he wants to go sacrifice buckets to go get a championship. Championship. Yeah. Well, guess what he's gonna do on the Clippers? <laughs> well, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't sign with the Clippers. He got traded to the Clippers. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So he he whenever he's a free agent, he'll probably want to go find himself 
Like he's the type of guy that probably would want to go to OKC or somewhere where he can go get a bunch of shots up and get his next contract. These guys at this age, they're playing for contracts. And if he's out there saying, Hey, great. I'm a, I'm a minor rotation piece on a championship team. That's great for the civic pride of everybody in Denver. That's what people in Denver, the fans, people in the chat want. Yes. But for Bones Highland, he's going to he's gonna make that next contract. And in that next contract, when it comes around to negotiate that, they're going to be like, hey, yeah, you averaged like four points a game. It's like, you didn't play me. Yeah. So he wants to make millions of dollars and not minimum contract money. So that's that's where a guy like him is coming from. I guess I, mean, I just feel like in the long run, self-awareness will get you paid. And like it doesn't feel like Bones Highland is exercising a whole lot of self-awareness in the situation he was in. Oh. And like, had he been just a really good seventh or eighth man and kind of bought in, it's not like he's not going to get looks up for that team. 100%, 100% like, that would get him paid when he's done this contract. I don't not, know. Not as, much, not as much as he thinks he can get paid. You, you're probably right on what he's capable of, of on the floor, but... In, in his mind, we, we do have to take into account, in his mind, these young players' mind, the very first thing they're trying to do is prove themselves in the league and get that next contract. These guys aren't worried about winning in their place on a championship team until they're into their, their <laughs> mid to late 20s. Yeah. And they're like, okay, I've made my, my tooth through. I'm on my third contract, and now I get to go. Uh, sacrifice for a championship. He he wants to make his money. He's only got. So, I like, guess, so maybe the question here is more the Clippers. Like, do you think he's going to be cool being the eleventh man on the Clippers? Like, if he wasn't cool being the ninth man on the Nuggets, like now him and Terrence like asking for be... a similar sort of tension there. And him and so... Terrence Mann are going to be so mad that they're not used enough. <laughs> but uh, breaking breaking news, I guess. I haven't used this drop enough today. Uh, <laughs> The Atlanta Hawks do not have a deal for John Collins. Not enough second round picks going to the to the There's Hawks not enough, for him. There are not enough second round picks in the world for John Collins to be this, moved. Uh, Pat, this is the, how how can John Collins not get moved again? Like again, dog. Once it starts with dog, you know dog. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to grab some popcorn here. All right, here we I'm go. A, I'm going to tell you this right now. The overvaluing of John Collins by the Atlanta Hawks has been the funniest thing <laughs> I've seen in recent basketball. Not only just to the point of, hey, we want so much for you to make a trade for him, right? Because teams have called about John Collins a ton. But not just, we want so much that you're going to make a trade. But before that, we're willing to give you an extension on this contract and up your pay for... <laughs> And one say, playoff yours. series <laughs> for one playoff. Se- this all stems from one <laughs> playoff series. This is, I don't feel the, bad for him. This is the story this is, of a this dude. is the uh, NBA's <laughs> version of rumors. A man, this, not a dude. A man, not a dude. This is the NBA's version of the Jimmy Kimmel bit at the end of the show. Sorry, Matt Damon. We just don't have time. We'll get you on next time. Yeah. That's what this is. It. Sorry, Bumped John Collins. We're running out of time to trade you. We'll we'll get you on at the next deadline. July first will come around, and no deals materialize. And next trade deadline, he's gonna he's gonna be the only guy in the modern NBA to stick with a team his entire career and be in the trade and trade rumors every, every year. single year. <laughs> every year. He can have a sixteen year career with the Hawks and constantly be in trade rumors.
Adam Armbrecht from Locked On Nets is joining us now on the Locked On NBA trade deadline show. Uh, we're talking about John Collins. He has not been moved yet. Is does, is that a surprise to you? No. <laughs> appreciate you. Appreciate you. We're sending our Thank you, Adam Armbrecht. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Good night. No, I mean, you know, it's funny. Like, he, he was talked about for so long as being like, oh, could you add him? The Nets talked about him last year. Yeah. Would that be a guy when you're losing Harden and then the offseason go pursue this player? I think he gets over overvalued already, but then he also messed up his finger, and it's like the guy can't even shoot now. So where exactly do you stand on a player like that? It's he's not going anywhere. Enjoy your time in Atlanta. Yeah, he won't he won't be moved until that contract ends. By the way, uh, me and Adam apparently twins uh per Nick Angstead. Uh we, we really- <laughs> I really got. I forgot to change the. I forgot to change your graphic, and it said Adam Armbrecht under his good looking guy. Entire lock on NBA show this morning. Good looking guy. Often confused. Yeah. Uh, All right, Adam Armbrecht. We got to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Your Brooklyn Nets have somehow found a time machine. Got in the time machine, gone all the way back to like 20, what, 16, 18, 17, 18, 18, 18-ish. You know, he's gonna hire Atkinson. Uh, let's let's talk about the similarities. Spencer Dinwiddie. That's the same guy. <laughs> you have uh, you have Nick Claxton, who's the Jarrett Allen now of, of your team. You have like Mikhail Bridges, who's maybe like the Karis Levert. You have the uh, Cam Johnson, who's like the D'Angelo Russell. Like you feel like you guys just went back in we time. We got five more picks. <laughs> five more <laughs> The Blazers are trading Gary Payton a second to the Warriors for five second round picks. He's coming home, baby. Keep on he's, stacking, He's coming baby. home. What did you- Keep on stacking. How that's 20 how, how from is that just journey? all the second round that's picks the they same, got for Wiseman? Did the they just trade five, James Wiseman for Gary Payton the second? That's the same five picks. That's 29 first round picks now? No, we're in the 30s for sure, right? Yeah. Has there been any more? I think I think we're at 31. We were, we were at, at 25. We were at 25. Was there any in the Mo Bamba deal? Was there any in the Plumley deal? No. So we're at 29 now. 29. Uh, let's talk about, let's talk about the, let, 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 sorry, Adam, we're not talking about the Nets anymore. Let's talk about the Golden State Warriors have done. Now they have traded James Wiseman basically for Gary Payton the second. Uh, John, are they better? Um, well, <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, they, they get, they get Payton back in, and a guy that they leaned on. I just saw, I saw him firsthand in the, in the, finals to have an impact so getting him back is is worth it i mean five second round picks that seems excessive but uh but yeah i mean it brings back a, a good defender that i think i think we're starting to see the warriors starting to kind of get serious about their their making a run and i know curry's going to be out for a little while longer but we're all sitting here waiting for the warriors to make their run and they're they're just a game above 500 but they're three and a half games out of the third seed and i hesitate i always hesitate to do that because that's one two three four five six teams away so that's six teams they have to leapfrog but whole point is that they're they're still within striking distance so yeah getting getting a little bit of the band back together getting a guy that knows what it takes and knows what he's asked to do sure why not can can we all clap it up for a second for Gary Payton for running the ultimate finesse though? <laughs> got out of there, got his money, and then got traded wow. back. Wow! Wow! Hey, John, you were all about it, guys getting their money. 
Hey, yeah, hey. sorry. I'm just sitting here, uh, like, perplexed at the Raptors not having done anything beyond the purple. Neither have the Mavs. Yet. Neither have the Bulls. Also, uh, also the the <laughs> chat is uh, the chat is uh, killing you for your math. There, Nick, you did say we had oh, we were at twenty five, and now we've added. Five oh, it was more five more. Oh boy, a beautiful, <laughs> my beautiful math. Oh, thank God. you, thank you, thank you, this guy for my. <laughs> did you guys, uh, Nick? Did you how <laughs> how are the Mavs feeling when you go and you trade for Kyrie and you feel like hey we did we did something here something pretty big, and then everything else that's unfolded feels like it's undone the value of going and getting Kyrie Irving. Uh has it has it undone the value of it because like just the just the Suns getting Kevin Durant, right? Is the this is the only move that has really like limited the Mavs chance in the West because it seemed pretty wide open and then if you get Kevin Durant over the West then it it adds just at least another contender. I don't think they were worried about the Suns before this trade. Yeah, it was yeah, a bad trade before. It remains a bad through. trade now. This is no, it's all the same. I mean, it's a it'd be a bad trade for like at the in the offseason, like in the aggregate. But if you're talking yeah. about just this season, like the Mavs are definitely better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just find that interesting. It feels like you took a swing, and then I don't know. Like, what's the goal? Like, what's the end result of this year for the Mavs? I'll be fascinated to see. I don't think we can ask the Nets about. I don't know if we can trust a Nets guy with goals, like team goals anymore. Well, ask me what the Nets goals are. <laughs> what it's are a, they? Yeah, what is it now? It's accumulation. It's accumulation, <laughs> my friend. The Mavs are not accumulating anything. How many second round picks are they planning on getting here? We also got five second round picks for. Crowley. There you go. Five, five second round pick game. We know how to play that game. Now, what uh, what team does everybody want to get a second round pick jersey of? I feel like the options are endless today. You can do any jersey you want. Gary Payton, the second round pick getter. <laughs> I, I'm so impressed by that Gary Payton deal. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's just like it's just like yeah, I'm gonna go bet on myself, and you'll realize that I'm good. Oh, we, we were wrong. He's he's really good. We should have just paid him. Now we so they want to send a couple of second rounders for Otto Porter while they're at it. That would be fun. <laughs> our our lockdown warriors like host hand handling for picks. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking the Raptors got off with a bargain. Only sec two second rounders going for Jakob Purtle. I mean, it seems like they how's, got ahead of the market on that one. How's it even possible that this many second rounders exist? Well, there's like 30, there's 30 every send, year, and they can trade up to seven years. Five. So. <laughs> I'm I'm not the math guy here, obviously, but there are 30 <laughs> second round picks every year, and there are seven years of 30 of, of picks that can be traded. So, did you touch uh, in with John about why Tatum? Uh, it's why did he crush his teammates' face like that? That seemed like a bad move. <laughs> bad short term move. Adam, this is a trade deadline show. I apologize. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not get personal here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there is there a team? Uh, question to the panel: Is there a team that uh, hasn't made a deal yet? that you think needs to make a deal i mean i think i saw 27 of the 30 teams have already made a deal um i think but, I mean, but from chicago when? might be the team i think it's chicago yeah. cleveland and miami the only three that haven't yeah. um miami's so guess, a good choice miami's a good choice yeah 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 well, i mean you could say the raptors too they haven't done one of the selling trades i thought everyone thought they were going to do and maybe they have to do that but maybe they don't think they don't agree can yeah, they do something at the over the summer i mean what what's the rush for toronto they they're can, not doing anything now You're like they can but it's they got three pending ufas at the stands right now and if like okay. you want to keep them 
you're gonna have to pay a lot for those three guys. Tax implications, all of that. You can you can sign and trade. You can pull a you sign can. And trade over the summer. You can. you can you can say, hey, we're gonna get cap space. You know, you can you can let a couple of guys walk for cap space. You can do sign and trades with all of these moves with you know w- with teams out there. I think with the the impending cap spike, there might be a little bit more of a willingness to do some sign and trades, knowing that uh, in a few a couple of years. It's not going to really matter as much. Percentage of the cap that you're paying these guys isn't going to be as high. So uh, depending on the team, depending on what their situation is, because if you receive a guy in a sign-and-trade, you're hard-capped, there might be markets out there to sign-and-trade guys. So I'm not as worried about Toronto. You're not making a move to to win a championship this year. I'm sorry. You're just kind of like out of running there. So we know that that's going to be the case. Miami, though? Miami still has that like faint hope of, hey, if we get our shit together, if we get, or I'm supposed to not say that in this in this podcast, if we get our stuff yeah. together, boot them, boot them. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if LeBron can drop the f bomb on TNT, I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron James of the podcasting world. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Let's and you're and you Thomas Bryant posting up, and I'm never going to pass to you. We still have like two minutes left to the deadline. We know that deals happen after the actual deadline happens. So, but let's go by team by team, at least the, the people that are here right now. Um, I'll start with the Dallas Mavericks. There's a bunch of, I think there's some Mavs fans in the chat. If you're a Mavs fan in the chat, leave the raccoon emoji. And uh, Oh God, and, here come all the raccoon emojis. So the, the Dallas Mavericks don't seem to be doing anything right now. There'll be a player in the buyout market. Jake Fisher reported earlier today that there's going to be a bunch of guys in the buyout market because we've got a bunch of these guys flying around for picks. And so then the other team doesn't really need that player, and then they'll buy him out. So we'll see what happens with that. And Christian Wood appears to be staying, according to Mark Stein. They did not find a trade for Christian Wood. So they're just going to roll into the playoffs and into this team or into this the rest of the season with Christian Wood. Doesn't look like they're going to do an extension for him, uh, but we'll see because the Mavs have touted like, oh, you know, if Kyrie leaves, then we could get max cap space. That does not include a Christian Wood extension at all. Like, they'd have to not have Christian Wood on the books at all. They'd have to just send him away or just, like, like denounce his rights. So he's going to be on the team. I honestly think, like, of the guys that got moved today, is, is Mason Plumley better than Christian Wood or helping you more than Christian Wood? Is uh, Mo Bamba helping you more than Christian Wood? Like, they would help. They would help if you got them, like, in addition. But I don't know if they're helping more. Like, the guys that were available, I don't think that there were enough – there are enough good guys available or guys that are definitely in your playoff rotation to trade Christian Wood away as, as, as many flaws as Christian Wood has had this season. At this uh, point, and- at this point with Christian Wood, you might, with those options, you might as well just lean into outscoring teams and say, Hey, we're they're, not they're already doing it anyway. <laughs> right. So, you know, why, why bring in a guy that's just not really anything on offense. That's okay. Defensively. It's not like you're bringing in the best defensive centers in the league. So, you say, okay, we're not we're not finding anything that's making us a ton better defensively. Let's just lean into the scoring and see if we can put up 145 points a night. The thing that really killed the Mavs today is what Logan just said today. I tweeted this earlier. The lack of second round picks for the Mavs killed them today. Like they could have just made one of these smaller trades and, and got and sent some second round picks, but they sent two second round picks to get the pick that ended up being Jaden Hardy. I think that's a good move. You look back and say that's a good risk for the Mavs. They had to send two second round picks to Adams Nets to get Kyrie Irving, which I don't know why. Why why do you just need those second round picks? Could the Mavs have just kept those? That that was interesting move to me. But now um but yeah, that that really hurt the Mavericks today. They didn't have these like like fringe assets to to like to move anything. By the way, the raccoon emojis in the chat are like insane insane right now the amount of people. I appreciate every single one of you guys. It's 3 o'clock. It's 3 o'clock. There it is. 3 o'clock. 
The trade deadline has commenced. We may see some trades slipping in here under the wire, but it seems like the Zach Levine deal is not going to happen. Pat, the designer, let's talk about your Bulls here for a second. Um, why did the Bulls do nothing today? Uh, that is an excellent question. Most <laughs> Bulls fans will be asking. Um, I, I think more so the Bulls. Here's the one thing that, that AK has proven to us. He believes that you have to have continuity with a core for you to be able to move forward, which is not the wrong belief. I just don't know if this is the core for you to do that with, right? And the, the one thing that the Bulls probably are going to look to do heavily is go find somebody on the cheap in the buyout market because their biggest need right now is somebody who can run the point and take the ball out of Zach Levine's hands, which is why uh, the thought of the Bulls-Knicks deal might have been realistic because Jalen Brunson has the ball in his hands. He could feed Zach Levine. Um, so it, it's it's interesting to, to see them do nothing, try to acquire nobody, any of these point guards. Maybe they really do feel like reuniting Russell Westbrook and Billy Donovan is going to be this godsend. I'll tell you what, I'm a Russ fan. I'm going to be excited because it's going to be fun to watch. I think he's going to be uh, really entertaining, and the Bulls are going to win some games with him. I don't think it moves you any further. I don't think that it gets you any higher in the Eastern Conference. I don't think that it changes the entire trajectory of your team. So I don't know if, if leaning on the buyout market was the right move. Um, a lot of questions here in Chicago. A lot of questions because you, you've got a core here that has – grossly underachieved but the one glaring issue that you've seen consistently is Lonzo Ball has not been on the court to facilitate that uh Sean Woodley your Raptors Masai Ujiri was just like like dangling OG Fred there's all these different things and they eventually just just got Jakob Pertl and all like all right I guess we're gonna try to go win some basketball games now why did the Raptors kind of do nothing uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to, can someone clip that just that, like side from Sean? I, just, so I, 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 I love Sean because Sean was just so confident this year that this is finally going to be the time where the Raptors were a better team than the Bulls. So yeah. I just, well, I, I mean, just they're, love, they're like I a game and a half back and got yak in the door, baby. Watch out, eight seed coming. Um, look, I, I think this is a bet on. Scotty Barnes being really bloody good. And he's been awesome over the last 30 games or so. You know, there's this sort of thought that this is like a treadmill team. Oh, you're stuck in the middle. You're never going to... Like, they have upward mobility because Scotty Barnes is there. They have a first-round pick this year, which looks like it might be pretty good. They have Pascal Siakam, who, despite all thoughts to the contrary by Nets fans, is an all-NBA player. Um, he's really, really good at basketball. They have a weird roster. They bet on internal development this season that didn't come. I could see them saying, hey, now we have a real rim protector. We saw in the first 56 games of the year that this team badly needs a real center. We can't operate without a real center. Let's go get a real center. And maybe their thinking here is you get the last couple months of the season to see what this group looks like with a real center. And it should be said... Christian Coloco is one of the greenest NBA players I've ever seen. He's very, very green. He looks like Bambi. And yet... When he's been on the floor this year as the Raptors rim protector, the Raptors have 103.9 defensive rating. Like, this team can work with real rim protection. I don't necessarily agree with not doing something more. Again, I think trading OG would have been a real proactive move here. Maybe the, the way the KD market played out sort of changed and, and altered the market. But 
it's to answer the question that comes in from Glenn in the chat there. Like fit matters, chemistry matters, play you know playing style matters, and I do think that like it's unquestionable the players on this team are talented. The fit's weird. I think it gets weirder with Jakob Pertl, so I, I don't love them not doing anything here. But they've also had a long you know propensity for keeping their own guys in free agency, using them in sign and trades. I mean, they got Precious Achua out of the Kyle Lowry sign and trade, and that, that he's been awesome. He's a part of their core going forward. Um, you know, they've had a lot of success keeping guys. They can always trade OG this summer as well, and maybe there's more of a market for him. More teams can get in the mix and convince themselves they're one OG away. I get the logic here. I don't necessarily agree with it, but this isn't some stuck on the, the, the treadmill for the rest of time sort of team. Because they have Scotty Barnes, who is 21, they've already gotten their lottery luck. I think it's a matter of getting some internal development, maybe finding some different lineup combos that work with Jakob Pertl in there. I do expect they're going to make the plane at this point. Like I, they're not going to go bottom out. They traded their first round Ooh. pick in 2024. I would expect they're in the tenth spot right now, and the Pacers continue to tumble. I would expect they make the plane. I wouldn't even be shocked if they make a run at like the sixth or even seventh seed. They're only four and a half games back of six right now, uh, and their schedule. If you look at their upcoming schedule, it is so easy. It's hilarious. I, I, I you know, again, I don't totally agree with the process here, but I understand the thinking. If the offers weren't there for the guys they wanted to move, because Masai Ujiri is not just one to make a trade for the sake of making a trade and that is a thing to be appreciated in a front office having three pending free agents you plan to resign in the offseason that is a little trickier especially for a team that's had a lot of talent drain in free agency in the past and Kawhi and Serge Ibaka and Marcus Gasol Danny Green and so on down the line so confusing I'm really interested to hear what Masai Ujiri is going to say in a few minutes here me, Adam Armbrecht I was gonna I was gonna ask Sean a question real quick yeah Go for is, it. This, is this is this getting to a point where there's a lot of questions swirling around Nick Nurse's production here and what, what kind of coach he can be around this team moving forward. I think Nick Nurse is one of the best tacticians yeah. in the NBA, but we haven't seen this team really come together in the sense that we thought. And we Everyone agrees with what Toronto fans are seeing. Mm-hmm. This team has really good players on it. Yeah, there's a reason the whole league was reportedly lining up for guys like OG, um, right? Like, he, he's a very good player. I, I, I think... Nurse, I mean, honestly, this might be part of the nurse evaluation process, too. You get Jakob Pertl in. The big issue with the, the Raptors this season, actually, their offense has been good. They've actually kind of undergone an offensive change of identity over the last month and a half, and they've been like a top 10 offense since January 1st, which is great for a team that, to begin the year, was number 30 at times in half-court offensive efficiency. They were really bad there. They've turned that around. The defense has been the problem, and I think you hinge that on the game plan and just like Nick Nurse's very aggressive style being super hard to maintain over the course of 48 minutes, let alone 82 games, and not having any other way to play because they all had the same, everyone's the same size, everyone's the yeah. same player, basically. <laughs> Jakob Pertl allows them same to play a more sort of multiple defense. They can play deep drop if they want. He can come and hedge high if you want. You can keep on playing your super heavy scramble defense with Yak back there as your cleanup messes at the rim guy. You know, I do think this is a big test here. Nick Nurse, I believe, has one year left on his deal, as Shams reported, going into the offseason. These next 26 games are going to be incredibly important for seemingly everyone involved with the Toronto Raptors. And if things don't go well there, if it if there become sort of very clear things that aren't working, then I think the offseason you could see some really big stuff go down. Uh, Adam Armbrecht, the Brooklyn Nets had all these wings. They mm-hmm. traded they traded Jay Crowder, but they kept them all. What, what do the Brooklyn Nets look like the rest of the season? 
Yeah, it was fun. That was the one thing. I mean, after you know the Durant trade and everything, we looked at the roster. I <laughs> after, just, after that old thing, after that that little thing they did, it's that little tiny thing that they did where they blew up their franchise. After that, though, like I th- I assumed like they sent out a first round pick to Utah to bring in Royce O'Neal in the offseason. So I kind of assumed that he might get moved on from here. Seth Curry's hurt right now, but he's in an expiring contract uh, after this season. They did like they moved TJ Warren along with Kevin Durant. He was on a one year deal. Markeith Morris went out with Kyrie Irving in the final year of his deal. So like I, I thought that they would try to shed some of these other contracts. The only thing I can say is that they still have one roster spot open as it stands right now. And all a lot of these other guys have another year of control so they can, they can wait to the off season and see what it looks like and go into next year and maybe have some of these guys like even Sumner showcase, Hey, what could I be to somebody else? And then go back to the well, I don't know what the rotations are going to look like right now. Cause I assume that they would thin out a Royce O'Neal, try to get rid of a Seth, try to dump a Joe Harris contract. If you could like just to thin out the roster, my original like thinking was, it's Johnson, it's Bridges, it's Dinwiddie, it's Cam Thomas, and it's Nicholas Claxton. Like, okay, and then you mix in Dorian Finney-Smith, and, and you go from there, right? Like, you know, you still have Utah mix on in Dorian team, so I, I don't the, know what the disrespect team is going to be. What's that? The disrespect. We'll, we'll mix in Dorian Finney-Smith. No, no, I like him. I, I don't even care, Like, but it's more like I don't know. Like, don't <laughs> I care. Know. I care. I care deeply. Yeah. But, but, like, but and the, the other him, thing man. is I don't know – if maybe there was like very low level mentioning that the Nets were willing or trying to potentially look to attach some capital to Ben Simmons contract to dump it. And I wonder if that's like what the final hours towards the deadline were like focused on. Hey, can we get rid of this last large financial burden we have right now? And then worry about everything else later. And honestly, like I'm okay with that. If you roll through the rest of the season, kind of just figuring out what players do you want to keep around? What players do you want to move on from? It's, Murky at best. Who's the starting lineup for the Nets right now? Well, it's gonna still be Ben Simmons. Like this is something we talked no, about. That, like, come on, that's what they did. Listen, we come already on. talked about this. On, we talked about this now for the last week, and he was injured. Whatever. Where I said I was like, at some point, you have to stop looking at the money, look at the production on the court, and use him accordingly. Guy coming off the bench, defensive stopper, can be a facilitator. Doesn't know what shooting a basketball looks like. Fine, but I don't know. Like I don't know if they'll make that move here. They probably should. And then I would do, as of right now, I would do Dinwiddie with Cam Thomas in the backcourt. I would have Bridges in there. You can make your choice about Johnson, who's been playing well, coming back from that injury in Phoenix, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Nick Claxton. Like those, that, that's, that's the top end of this hierarchy. Guys like Patty Mills and you know Seth Curry, I guess you'll use them, but I want all the younger guys, like all the guys that can be something for this team. That's the ones I want to see play. So I probably would be my, that, yeah, that would be my base right there. Interesting. Anybody expect the Nets to – are the Nets just going to completely fall out, John, or do you oh, think that – Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, let me tell you, no. John, uh, yeah. the Nets' next 10 games are all against Eastern Conference teams, and eight of those are teams that are behind them in the standings right now. So <laughs> we, we, We've beaten y'all twice this year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you. I'm not talking sorry. about you. I'm you sorry. sorry. Since there's so many Mavs people in here, Christian Wood just traded be, beat y'all trade rumors with, a, with, with, a, with an emoji with a tongue out face. He did not want to get traded from this team. He wanted to be on a winning team. He, he wanted to be a player that was like played in the playoffs. He's never played in the playoffs before. Man, that, that's nice. Good for him. Yeah, good it's for him. Just, just good for him. delay the inevitable. That's all. Well, I, I mean, is he going to play this year, right? Like, and they're going to come to a point where it's like, we technically can't put this guy on the court because of how bad he is as an on-ball defender. Yeah, I mean, let's let's just roll let's into the-, the playoffs with the absolute worst defensive team in the West. And uh, 
that was what I'm saying to you before, Nick. It wasn't about like your team, like what they did in getting Kyrie, but you said, you know, we talked about it. Like Dallas is not exactly deep when it comes to their, their, you know, rotations here. So it's just buy, I guess you said buyout market for them, but they got to like strike a little bit of gold if they're going to be feeling confident about going to playoff series. The West is so spread out right now. Like the Nuggets are the best team, right? The Grizzlies have, you know, they've been up and down. They've been really good and then they've been awful and they've been back to good again. Yeah. Everyone else is like, <laughs> I feel like everyone else got better. Mavs, I think, got better. Suns definitely got better. Clippers, we can go back and forth, but they're at least healthy now, so they're better. Um, the Warriors got better. Gary Payton? They got better. Bringing him they, they, they got better a little bit. Lakers, Lakers definitely got better. Like that's even just the, important for them. Even though the Lakers are are down there. But yeah, the, the Western Conference is, is, is interesting. John Krause, your Boston Celtics. Um, they get Moose. They, Mike Muscala didn't really do anything else. Yeah, and I was, I was just going to bring up the topic of, you know, we look at all the things that everybody's been doing. Everything that's happened in this trade deadline is a chasing move. Everybody that has made a deal is chasing somebody else, is chasing the teams above them. Celtics, minor move. Bucks, minor move. Sixers, minor move. Denver, minor move. You know, Grizzlies even, minor move. You know, you get Kennard. But none of these other, none of these top teams are made any sort of deal where they felt like we have to go big in order to stay at the top. All of the top teams in the NBA said, we're good. We're going to try to add a little depth, but we're good. You guys can go figure out what's happening with the rest of, you know, whatever. But aside from Phoenix, who made a big swing and can be considered one of the better teams in the league uh, and Dallas, but Dallas was a little bit, you know, that was, that was a, a, a smack of desperation, but all the teams at the top of the standings, Boston included said, we're good. Celtics get Muscala who adds some depth. He can hit the three. We saw him go what four of seven in, in the, uh, the LeBron, uh, the LeBron game. And you know where, where where everybody in OKC was like, "Hey, look at me!" It's an, I an individual yeah. game here. Yeah. It, was, it was the LeBron game, but everybody else was like, um, "If I do well here, maybe they'll notice me too." So you know, Muscala. Muscala's been around. He's been uh, Al Horford's teammate. This is like the third time he's been on a team with Al Horford. So that's <laughs> be fun. Uh, but I yeah, I can't quit Al Horford either. Just it's those, it's those eyes, Horford. man. Those eyes. It's, oh my God, those eyes. Are just have like, you stared I, into I, those I, eyes like 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 you you could probably look at him like eye to eye right I um yeah he's like <laughs> he's about two three inches taller than me but we're we're pretty close <laughs> we're pretty close yeah it's it's dreamy he's dreamy he's a he's a, an attractive man I have no problems <laughs> about saying that um, what just happened here it's. <laughs> Man, I was so fearful that I was going to have a misstep and just so grateful. It wasn't a misstep. John and I, John and I intentionally went that misstep. way. I, that, that's, I'm acknowledging a fact here. Now, the Celtics, the Celtics yeah. are, I think the Celtics are in a fine spot. Um, and the, they're going to have to figure out what how long Jalen Brown is out because he has that fractured cheek. Um, but until until then, they've got they've shown they've got some good depth. And Muscala just adds that if they need to rest Horford, which they do on back-to-backs, he's a guy that can step in and be that stretch big um, that that helps them out. <laughs> yeah. I love that the chat is chiming in. Kelly Uber has the best eyes in the league. That's though. what I was saying. 
Like it's not it's not the comment that you made. It's just being so off base. With who <laughs> <laughs> I, was really about. I was like, God, that's embarrassing. Sean yeah. left. He, Sean couldn't take it anymore. I was like, God, yeah, he gets very uncomfortable. He gets I, very I, I was, uncomfortable. I'm here talking about basketball, and these guys are like comparing eyelashes. Uh, yeah, so I think the, I, I think Muscala helps, but yeah. The Boston Celtics, though, how do they stack up with the rest of the East? The rest of the East didn't really make any big moves. The, the Nets moved out. It feels like the, and then you have the like. Milwaukee Bucks is kind of the same. Sixers kind of the same. Everybody else is just kind of the same team, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think everybody, everybody is kind of stayed stay pat. Like no one did anything major at the top of the East. So you know, can the Bucks? What where do the Bucks come? What can they expect from Jay Crowder? Um, the Sixers made some end of you know end of rotation moves. That's they all feel comfortable. The Celtics feel comfortable where they are. You know, you got Tatum when they're fully healthy. They've got a great, great two-way lineup. They they were for a, a stretch, and I don't know if they still are. The only team in the NBA they were top four offense and defense. So when they're fully healthy, when they're playing their best, they are kind of at the top of the league. So they were never going to make anything besides a depth move, and they still have a lot of teams are talking about buyout. We're all talking about the buyout market, and we know that buyouts can be. Um, Pools go, uh, you know, yes, yes. But this could be a very competitive buyout market. Something. I'm yeah. very curious. I'm very curious to see what, what the buyout market does look like. And the Celtics have a disabled player exception from the Gallinari injury that gives them $3.2 million that they can spend in the buyout market. Top record in the league, plus $3 million, which is more than the minimum. That gives them an advantage. So they, they still have an opportunity to add depth, which is probably why. They didn't make a ton of moves. Oh, speaking of beautiful eyes, can we can we talk, <laughs> before we address the beautiful eyes in the room? Can we oh, talk no. about the can we talk about the funniest move that was made on the deadline that we all cackled at out loud on the live stream? Jackson Gatlin, Houston Rockets, reacquire John Wall after the Theo Pinson podcast. After Gers, after, after uh, Rafael Stone didn't want to play him at all and decided that he wanted him to sit. Uh, John Wall coming back to the Rockets. Trash, 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 trash. <laughs> trash you can't make this up guys this is elite nba scripting what a full circle moment for the rockets <laughs> the, the script has been leaked is this Aaron Foster in the nba here oh man the moment like I, all the speculation trying to figure out okay where's eg going clippers heavily rumored and then you're looking at it and you're like man john wall's salary would work for this trade so that was it was fantastic and then the rockets Trying to offload Eric Gordon for for years now. I'm happy he's in a in a winning situation. Uh, I'm gonna run it back the 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 2K Eric Gordon sound bit one more time. Oh my! Someone called the National Weather Service. We had an unanticipated storm in the building tonight. Oh, is that Eric Gordon? <laughs> Eric Gordon doing some elite voice acting for NBA oh, yeah, 2K. I've never heard his voice before. It's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, the Rockets, they're they're just the same now. I mean, they're so this is from just from Rockets' perspective. I mean, oh, going through this rebuild, they really haven't done a whole lot of kind of the moves at the margins, right? Some of the things that you see, like the OKC Thunder doing a lot of, or even the San Antonio Spurs have made some moves at the margins to kind of you know put themselves in better positioning for the future. And we haven't really seen the Houston Rockets do that at Sunday. They've kind of just been coasting through this rebuild, you know, acquiring top talent through the draft, all that, but it's been very, the moves that they've made have been kind of reactive rather than proactive. 
This to me was a really, really encouraging trade deadline, being able to trade Bruno Fernando Garrison Matthews to the Atlanta Hawks. You get back a couple solid, solid veteran, veteran pieces, as well as a couple future seconds. And then moving on from Eric Gordon and basically improving what would have been, I don't know, a pick somewhere in the 25 to 30 range in this year's draft, the Milwaukee Bucks picked that the Rockets own, being able to trade for swap rights with the LA Clippers and effectively move that pick up in the draft. Right now, the Clippers pick would be 18th in this year's draft. So they basically move up that pick 10 spots if the draft were to happen today. I think that's an ultimately a fantastic return for Eric Gordon, who is an expiring contract and you know has some value to a winning team, but it looked like the Rockets, the market for EG might not have been great. So I think it's a really, really solid deadline overall. Uh, they still stink though. Oh yeah, they're still they're still they're still gonna be bad. No, no, no. But yeah, where, where's where's John, John Wall's got this for us? Trash. Yeah, they're still gonna be trash. Uh, can, can I just did, get, can I just get Sengun? Like you guys aren't really using them. Um, can I, can I excuse him? you, they are. Um, first off, how where wh- what do I have? What, how can I reply? Yeah. Okay, I'll put Shingun. There we go. But <laughs> no, you cannot have Shingun. Okay, I will not give up Shingun. He is. He's, he's a best, cornerstone piece. He's got the best back to the basket footwork in the entire NBA of all big men. And um, I don't want him to be in Houston anymore. <laughs> he is a phenom. No, he's he's he is a building block. The two man game between Jalen Green and Alper and Shingun is going to be uh, the building block of the Houston Rockets for years to come. So I'm just let's do. Let's do some questions in the chat. If anybody in the chat is here right now, we you guys sent the raccoon emojis earlier. Send your questions in the chat. We'll start answering some questions. Um, here's one for here's one from Eddie about the Mavs. Guess they couldn't give away Tim Hardaway Jr. and Christian Wood. Yeah, guess not. Ro- Jackson, you've had some experience trying to give away Christian Wood. <laughs> it does not work out. There's the markets for the market for Christian Wood is never really in a great spot. Um, Nick, you said that that you said that you did not expect. Tim Hardaway Jr. and Christian Wood to be on the deadline. They tried to be on the they, team they, after the deadline. I should they say. tried to move them. They tried to move both of them. Even Mark Stein reported like, hey, Christian Wood is actually staying in 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 Dallas, which he doesn't report that unless the maps have been aggressively trying to shop him. I, I'm interested to see with Christian Wood. Like, I, I think he's bet he's definitely better than any of the players that were moved or or, or or any of the bigs that were moved outside of like if you count Kevin Durant as a as a big or like Jakob Pertle to the Raptors that the Maps couldn't pay for. Uh, or didn't or decided not to pay for. So you're better off just just rolling the dice with Christian Wood. We haven't seen Christian Wood in a playoff setting. I, I'm very curious to see how that works out. I don't think that Jason Kidd trusts him in a playoff setting at this point. And so we'll see what happens the rest of the year if they lean into it or if they try to. All right, we we got to bring you along and keep him coming off the bench. And I'm very curious to see what happens with him. Tim Hardaway Jr. He's he's been he's been so up and down for the Mavericks. If he's rolling, the Mavs win. Like just they just do. If he's hitting shots, the Mavs win. If he doesn't, then he doesn't. He has a connection with Kyrie. Kyrie talked about that recently. That he's known Tim Hardaway Jr. since he was in high school, and they've hooped together in the off season and all that. Uh, but he's got a long contract. It's a descending contract, so it's not like awful, awful, but it's not good. And so they couldn't find anybody else that would want to take him. And there's a bunch of teams that just move pieces for like second round picks today. And I don't think the Mavericks were just saying, all right, let's just move Tim Hardaway for some stuff in second round picks. They, they have to have playable players. And at least Christian Wood and Tim Hardaway are playable. I'm curious to see what they look like in a playoff series. We've seen Tim Hardaway. He was the second leading scorer on the Mavs against the Clippers that second year that they were playing them. And so when they went seven games, so we've seen Tim Hardaway be good in the playoffs. We'll see what happens going forward. But yeah, it looks like they, they couldn't give 
Uh, it looks like they couldn't give him away. We we desperately need the NBA pick market to be reset because what is what are all these deals with five counted, second round picks many, for this guy? We counted thirty, right? We counted thirty second it's, round picks. Five of them have been traded twice of the thirty, <laughs> but yeah. The Hawks I, alone sent out seven second round picks. Like what is happening? We got yeah, we're almost we're one third of them because the the Warriors got five from Atlanta, right? Is part of the. The Warriors. They sent the they sent the they five send, to the Blazers. Right, the, the Warriors. Same five. Got, right. So is it like the same five moving? Because it yeah. feels like it feels like it's the same five. You're like, okay, here you got them now, and you got them now. We're sitting there saying it's like 30 second round picks, and it might only be like seven, and they've just all been traded to each other. Second round picks all the way down. <laughs> uh, let's answer this question from Brandon. Who gets Westbrook? Also, I asked. The, I almost asked this question on Locked On NBA before the the Durant trade happened. Who gets Westbrook, and does it matter? No. Who gets Westbrook? Who wants Westbrook? <laughs> I, I don't know. I saw somebody suggest like Charlotte because of like the Jordan brand connection, or whatever, and he just gets to go there and kind of do his thing. I, if the Clippers don't want him now, because the Clippers have gotten now, got, they got Bones Highland and Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon and Plumley. Like if, if the if the Clippers are out of it now, it seems like Paul there's a report earlier that Paul George was um <laughs> Paul George was recruiting him. But if the Clippers don't get him, does he just go back to the Wizards? That's the last time he was like accepted, right? <laughs> Go to China. Welcome, welcome to welcome to the Chicago Bulls. He's coming to the Bulls, Pat. Pat, why should they do that? Why shouldn't they? MVP Westbrook's last year was when? Who was his head coach? Oh, okay. Billiam Donovan. Billiam Donovan. Billiam Nathaniel Donovan uh, was. uh, I don't know if that's his middle name or his first. Uh, It's gonna make him twenty-eight again. Well, no, I don't think that's the thing. I think the thing is that you can tell yourself that Russell Westbrook worked best with Billy Donovan. You can tell yourself that Russell Westbrook can facilitate and take the ball out of Zach Levine's hands and pass him the ball. What you can't tell yourself is that he's going to consistently pass the ball. He's the, he's high assist guy. We know that he's going to make passes. He's going to move the ball, but there's going to be times where Russ is going to say, I'm Russ. The question mark you have to ask if you're going to acquire a player like Russ is, hey, are you going to be bench Russ or are you going to try to be wizard Russ? If you're going to be bench Russ, I'm kind of okay with that because that means you're looking to get people involved more. You're not just looking to go off. And there will be moments very much like in that Lakers game where they were down 15 going into like the last minute and whatever it was, minute and 30. And then all of a sudden he's like, I'm going to the rim because I want to win this game. And he'll have moments where you look at him and you're like, wow, this guy's still kind of unstoppable going to the bucket. But at at this point, I, I see that being the Bulls' number one focus in the buyout market. Um, I, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be just a, Hey, we, we want to do something just to say we did something type of move. Plus it's at a position we need the, uh, look at poodle man said, Pat, do you see the bulls in the playoffs? Yeah, the bulls will make the playoffs. I, 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 here's the thing. The bulls, this is the part that gets lost in a lot of it. The bulls haven't been playing bad basketball over the last 25 games. I think over the last 20 games, the bulls are. 13 and seven over their last 10. They're six and four. They were seven and three going into a back-to-back versus Memphis. They ran out of gas in that game, right? They haven't been playing bad basketball. The problem with the Chicago Bulls, is the teams that they continue to lose to, they've beaten every one of the top teams. The Celtics haven't beaten us yet. We've beaten the Mavs. We've beaten the Milwaukee Bucks twice. We've beaten Brooklyn every time we've played them. Like, have the Celtics beat us once? Once. 
once Celtics beat us. So we're, we're two and one. I saw the I saw the look on his face, and I was like, maybe they did beat us, but I, I forgot we played y'all like three times within four weeks. Like it was it's the weirdest schedule ever. Yeah, it was um, it was back in November, but yeah, yeah Chicago has yeah. been. But we beaten all the tops. The problem is we lose the OKC. We lose to Charlotte. We lose to the Wizards. We, you know what I mean. So, uh, that that's I, I think the Bulls are going to be in on that. Um, on Russ or at least one of the point guards, Pat Bev, John Wall. Yeah, I mean, but it it doesn't change much. Uh, I do see the Bulls in the playoffs because they're playing better basketball. I don't know how far they get, but I know that at a minimum, AK does absolutely want to keep this team in playoff contention, keep this team relevant, keep people talking about this team, positive or negative. He's supposed to be slated at the target 445. He's undoubtedly about what? About, this. Uh, what's he going to say? <laughs> why, we did. why Why? we did nothing and what it's we're like, looking it's forward the, to? It's the classic like owner GM thing. We like our guys. We like our guys. Like, yeah. our, our guys are good. We have good guys. We like our guys. Yeah. We're happy with the team we have now. And and the thing is, right, like he's riding continuity till the wheels fall off. I mean, like Billy Donovan's got an extension. Zach Levine not getting traded. Doesn't mean he won't get moved at some point, but Zach Levine not being traded. DeMar's here for another year. You didn't trade Vooch, so now are you going to re-sign him or do a sign-in trade at the end of the year? Like, there's so many questions that the Bulls have to answer. And I don't think that AK has any of the answers coming into today's press conference. <laughs> There is a tweet last night from Patrick Beverly. I seen Woj been in the gym. He given Shams trouble this year. And then Shams announced Patrick Beverly's trade to the Magic. <laughs> That's tough. Shams has been cooking Woj for about three years now. And it, it, it hasn't been close. You know what I mean? It's, it's been like when, when people finally had to acknowledge, like, hey, man, I think well, LeBron, I think LeBron Woj be is, a better talent than Kobe. Woj probably has too much corporate overhead on him, right, Corrales? Like, it feels like that's what happens at a certain point. He's, like, ha- having to do TV. And, like, Shams could just, like, back out of whatever he's doing. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Like, you, you do have, like, TV and, and all this other stuff to do. So it, it does occupy your time. Plus, you know, you have to be, I think, maybe one of these guys is a little more willing to um, carry some water, let's say. So you, know, you might get some scoops a little ahead of time. That's how it works. So whatever. That's fine. Either Question way, is, I don't uh, even care who's first. As long as I get the information, it's like if somebody yeah. has it like 10 seconds before uh, the other one, like, oh, right. yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter to me. Uh, MC Hammer broke said, who's the clear cut Wemby tanker after the deadline? Did anybody change their, we talked about the top teams. What about the bottom teams? Anybody change their, we got Hornets sent Plumley out. Eric Gordon left from the, the, the uh, Rockets. Spurs. Spurs. Spurs sent out Pirtle. Pirtle was a, a good player for them. And they yeah. got, they got back Kim Birch. Like that's Piston, Pistons kept Bogdanovich. Anybody I was going to bring that up before. That that is a surprise, but you know what? They the Pistons have been signaling that we're not just going to go sell off everybody because we want uh, a, a floor spacer for Cade Cunningham when he comes back. They actually, I think the Pistons actually think that keeping Bogdanovich is going to be a move that they need to keep the, their young guys in the right roles, ha- having the right space. So, um, as much as we thought Detroit they, a bad team needs to sell. They, they feel differently about themselves. This is what I want to say to the Pistons. Oh, you were dead ass about that? Are <laughs> 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 you serious about that? You guys really thought that? Because I thought that, that was just a ploy that they were saying. No, like, it wasn't, right? It, I mean, very clearly, they were not. Like, I mean, they with all the second-round picks flying around, you think they couldn't have gotten like seven or eight for uh, Bogdanovich? <laughs> 
Well, what they should have done was sent the five or sent the five to the Warriors, and then they send that to the Blazers. You get that back by sending Bogdanovich to the Blazers. You get your original five second round picks back. It's all good. Uh, It's just going to be a way to connect everything, and this will just be. The trade deadline will just be one 2017 trade by the end is, of it. <laughs> what is it? It's like, it, what's, what's the thing called with Kevin Bacon? Is that what the second round pick? Six degrees of second round pick. I think a, a sneaky, if we're talking about teams that got into the tanking race, our boss. I was going to say Utah. Utah Jazz. They get rid of Conley. David Locke said to me at one point this season, if they trade Mike Conley, they'll never win a game again, which I think was maybe hyperbole, like maybe a little bit of hyperbole. But they traded Conley. They traded okay. uh, Vando. They traded, you know, Mike Malik Beasley. And all they got back was, was Westbrook, who they're going to, you know, they're going to buy out for sure. So yeah. have they that, won too much already, though? That's gonna be, that for was sure. They've won way too much for Wemby. That's why I was confused by it, right? It's like, yeah, for the future, this is great. And 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 John, you can speak to this, right? Like that, Danny, he 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 loves to have these picks to say, I'll trade every one of them, and then he makes most of the picks. Between so it's, it's not like he's gonna trade these picks away. He's gonna draft most of these people. Yeah. Okay, for the Jazz, though, if they're going out, if they're going to go in like the Webanyama sweepstakes, they right now currently have a 1.5% chance to get number one. The difference between them and a nine percent chance. Listen to these teams: Thunder. They didn't. They didn't get worse. They're. They're still good. Chicago. You just said they're making the playoffs. Damn Toronto. Man. They just got Pirtle. They should be better. Washington. Who the hell knows? <laughs> <laughs> the Lakers. They got better for sure, right? They're not going to be be still there. And then Indiana. They're, they have two, they, the Jazz have two more wins more than Indiana. Can they somehow catch? Indiana did. Then all of a sudden they go to a 9% chance, which is like pretty close to the percentage chance that everyone else, like the, the worst teams have. They're going to have to like lose out. They're, they David Locke might have to be right yeah. about them never winning another game again <laughs> for them to 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 drop. Although look, hey, the Charlotte Lakers won like 14 games. Hmm. And I think yeah. Houston's won what fifty. Houston, Houston has thirteen. Detroit has four. They're not. They're not catching them, right? There's they're not no catching team. Houston at no. thirteen. Detroit has fourteen wins. San Antonio has fourteen wins. Charlotte is fifteen. That unassailable. <laughs> Un, yeah. Undesailable. What's the What's the opposite of honest? Like you know. can't you, reach their heights. Uh, you I think you're working for them. Orlando's at twenty two wins. They're probably not catching them. So, but can they get to sixth in the tanking race? Is what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, that look, the Lakers can pass them. The Thunder can pass them. Uh, Orlando, mm, that that it's gonna it is gonna be a, a a pretty tight race. Toronto, I think Toronto got better with Pirtle, so that that's gonna be helpful for them. So they're they're gonna they're gonna if, jump if they just get to like seventh. So they so the Thunder, the the Bull, the Bulls, the Raptors, the Wizards, and the Lakers all pass the Jazz. They all should, right? All those yeah. teams have more talent. Then they'll at least be at okay, thirty-two percent chance at a top four. That's pretty good in this draft. They're at least yeah. getting somebody. Yeah, and they yeah. have a ton of picks that they could trade up. I don't think anybody's trade like I don't think anybody's no, trading down. No one's tra- yeah, but how I much think- does it take to get from two to one though? No, in this draft, no, I would nothing. Not, no, no, I would not. No, here's the here's the question I'll ask y'all with. The what they have 14, 15 picks before they made any trades. Yeah, so yeah. many. Is this the right decision to try and lose out? Because at this point, right, like we're sitting here and we're like, hey, maybe you can get a 
top 10 pick, but we're not talking about these guys being top three. Is it the right decision to try and lose out or would the decision have been, hey, we've got these young guys here. You've got Larry Markinen in the building. Maybe let's try and go for something. If, if it's a lower level playoff position, you're just trying to get a winning culture established here in Utah. Is the, lo- the losing culture doesn't seem to be the thing. You got a guy that can go out there and put up 25 plus a game. Why not try and win some games here? Why not try and keep this thing going? I understand. They're going to win games. They're going to still try to win games, right? Will Hardy, Lori Markinen, Walker Kessler, like they're all going to try to win. Yeah, but, but you try to take get away the all the pieces that help that. You know what I mean? Like, like Mike Conley, <laughs> taking away Mike Conley was the piece that you're like, okay, you're trying to lose now. Right. But like, it doesn't matter. Like, they weren't, they weren't really going anywhere. They, they, they had no. dropped at this point to below yeah. 500. Uh, that beginning of the season was nice. It was a nice run. Um, hell of a story. Uh, maybe they they overachieved a little bit too much, and it got it, they needed the pressure of the trade deadline to to actually finally pull the trigger on something like this. Okay, so maybe they maybe they missed the boat on this particular draft, but this isn't the only draft that's coming up. So Utah trades away all these picks, you know, it has, makes all these trades, has all these picks. They have a ton of cap space next year. Like, what is it sixty million dollars in cap space? Yeah. So they can play it. They can play the game now. They can be a little patient. They can sit there and say, um, "We're if if you don't get into the top two or three and don't get a, a game changing type of player, then maybe you just say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna take your salary dump, whoever you're salary dumping next year. We'll take them to space. You give us a first round pick, and we'll we'll start c- continuing to accumulate these these draft assets, and you play for the next draft or the draft after that, or you you have accumulate so many draft picks that you actually can move them yeah. for a disgruntled star. Something in three years where you say, "Hey, player X, you know you, you, that team, you, you're blowing it up. You're you're this year's Brooklyn Nets. We'll give you all of these picks. Your five picks, your ten pick, whatever the hell it is that you want. We'll get your disgruntled player. He starts fresh over here, and we we rebuild that way." This, the that's, the Wembenyama, yeah. The Wembenyama draft, obviously, <laughs> he's you know transformational. One team is going to get Wembenyama. The rest of the teams have to have Plan B, C, D, and E. So yeah. that's that's it, it, yeah. Did he win too much for this year? Sure. <laughs> Anking isn't only about this year. There's there's a whole path to be to to be traveled. They're having their cake and eating it too. They're just not getting like. The creme de la. They're not getting the best dessert. What's the best dessert ever? Hey, like the, look, the, the one on, the one from the one from Thirty Rock with the gold, the actual gold on it. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> but maybe, Valentine's Day. Or maybe somebody drops it, and or, and the and you pick up the winning lottery ticket. You know, you find that scratch scratcher in the trash, and you're like, it oh god, could happen. So it's well, not I, out of I, the question. I think that's the thing, though, right? Like the and and that's the part that that cracks me up about this. And and I love how Danny Ainge builds these teams and stuff like that. And he he probably will, right? In the draft, eventually, he's gonna find the right guy that's gonna be the next player. I I do have confidence in that. But he's not trading these picks. He's not going to get a guy. He's not jump starting this thing. We Look, know that. How many of the picks in Boston did he actually trade okay. for yeah. players? Yeah. Let me let me just give me the, the Boston guy. Give me the Danny thing. Let me set the record straight just a little bit. <laughs> Let's do it because okay. So so Danny Ainge is definitely a guy who wants to win trades for yeah. sure. So he's not just going to be 
you know, by contrast, over here, Brad Stevens has traded multiple first round picks. Yeah, he's yeah. not going to be like that. He's not going to want to sit there and say, hey, every team wins. He he kind of generally wants to have some sort of big win, That which is why I thought this trade that he just made with the Lakers in, in Minnesota was it was incredibly reasonable from his part. So it's a little a little out of the ordinary for him there. But there were circumstances with Anthony Davis that didn't allow him to make a trade um, because of the, the Rose rule and the Celtics traded for Kyrie. So the Kyrie trade demand comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Then he makes the trade for Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder to go to Cleveland. So that was kind of not part of the plan. He'd had his eye on Anthony Davis for a while. You bring in Kyrie Irving. He's a Rose rule guy. You can't trade for two Rose rule guys. Yeah. So Anthony Davis is a Rose rule guy at that point. So at that at that trade deadline, Danny Ainge a hundred percent would have sent one of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum plus a bunch of picks for Anthony Davis. He was going to make that Godfather offer at that trade deadline, but league rules, the CBA, did not allow him to. So he had to wait until the off season, and that's when things got got ugly. That's when. You know, Clutch and Anthony Davis's what dad came in and be like, never Boston. But at the trade deadline, Danny Ainge was 100% poised to, to spend those picks and young players to get Anthony Davis. If there was no Rose rule restriction, he yeah. wanted to pair Kyrie and Anthony Davis together in Boston. He didn't. And then th this whole kind of thing popped up with, with, uh, with Danny and this reputation. But a lot of the other trades that he was supposed to, you know, supposed to make were Jalen Brown for players like Jimmy Butler. And, you know, it turns out that keeping Jalen Brown was was the good move. All of these deals were Jimmy Jalen Brown for other players that <laughs> the same trades that are still being brought up to this day. <laughs> right. And it's and, and Jalen Brown is an all-star this year. Yeah. And Jalen Brown has the potential. I mean, I don't know with the with the injury now if that's going to continue to be the case, but he had an outside chance of an all NBA. Um, and he continues to be at a, like that fringe all NBA player. Yeah. So keeping him was the right move. So I do push back on some of the Danny Ainge, he doesn't trade picks type of thing. He's very willing to make whatever deal he can make, but he generally wants to turn that into a big win for himself. He's not going to overpay. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I just, I think that, right, like in the situations we've seen, definitely not going to overpay. But I think he generally believes he, he believes in his ability to find talent. And guess what? He's right. That's yeah. the, that's the one thing, right? Like I, I I look at Utah as a team that's going to try and build within. The tough part is, as a city, that's a tough city to try and build within. Sometimes you got to force people to be there because building mm -hmm. within has not worked in their favor more times than not. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it tough. And look, it's it's a it's <laughs> GMing is hard. Yeah, in, in, hey, 100%. are uh, you kidding me? I do it on 2K <laughs> every day. I traded my entire team for another team. That's that's really <laughs> it's hard to do, man. This is why, like, this teams do business with each other. It, like, look at who they Utah and Minnesota did business again because they had a good relation. They made that deal for all of the talk about fleecing the. Minnesota wanted to make that deal. They were happy at that point with that deal. They built a good enough relationship to make that deal. The you know the Celtics 
uh, and OKC have done multiple deals together because their front offices work well together. If you look at the history of these trade teams making trades, yeah. a lot of teams make trades repeatedly with one another because yeah. they Toronto and San Antonio <laughs> in San Antonio. Yeah. You know, the whole Jakob Pertle thing. They traded Jakob Pertle back because their front offices have had a good working relationship. That is such a huge part of what these uh, front offices, uh, what this trade deadline is about. So the business, it's not just as simple as we heard the rumor. That rumor didn't happen. This front office didn't get the job done. You have to work with each other. There's so much more that goes into it. Pat Pat Riley uh, literally doesn't trade to almost any team that was remotely <laughs> competitive in the nineties. It's not even a joke. I looked at it one day. He ne- almost never trades with the Bulls. No. Actually, he, he <laughs> has he ever made a trade with Boston? I don't no. think he's never ever made a trade with the Bulls. He's never made a trade with Boston. He, I think maybe a couple of times has traded with Indiana. Like he doesn't trade to any of the teams that when he was coaching had beefs with. Got Jimmy Butler <laughs> from the Sixers though. <laughs> I mean, they were killing the Sixers by that. <laughs> the Sixers, come on! Like, you mean just throwing out names? I'm just throwing out team names at this point. Pat Riley famously, uh, in a statement in response to Dan- something Danny Ainge had said, Pat Riley on like official team letterhead put out a statement says Danny Ainge <laughs> needs to shut the f up yep. and manage his own team. That's how much animosity Pat Riley has uh, towards like, and Danny Ainge. And that goes back. He legit goes like back him. to 1986. That goes back like to the Danny Ainge, that whole Kevin McHale, uh, Kurt Rambis clothesline was Danny Ainge was the guy. McHale <laughs> and Danny Ainge were talking. This is a famous story. They were walking. Oh, the going about this. <laughs> They were talking, and Danny Ainge says, uh, Mikhail says, uh, we need we need to somebody needs to foul these guys hard. And Ainge was like, Well, put up or shut up, dude. So Mikhail went out and just sickled Kurt Rambis. So that's how far back this is in the market. It's hilarious. You beef with Pat. How long can we leave forever? How long can we leave John unattended just talking about like I think Pat, I think you and I could have muted it. John would have talked about Danny Ainge for the next hour. You could have gone, I, I can keep going. (laughs) <laughs> go, I'll just sit here back. He's changed yeah. background. <laughs> and Humble then right in there, 1945, <laughs> a young man named Daniel Ainge was born. <laughs> Good grief, man. Uh, uh, what's your favorite move of the day? Just like sneaky NBA, the team got better, something like a player is put in a good spot, like a, you know, somebody maybe got freed from a situation you didn't like or that that, that player didn't like. What's your what's your favorite move of the day? Jacopoldo. Um, I think mm, that's, yeah, I, I think that's a really good move. I think he's a, I mean Jacopoldo's a really, really good player. Is, um, is he the best player that got moved today? Like today, the trade deadline, February 9th. Mm. Bones, Eric Gordon. Pro- probably. Tybal, Sadiq Bay, Jay Conley. Crowder. Yeah. Crowder. No, they got moved not. today. Like I'd, I'd go, I'd go Poto. I'd probably say he's the best oh, yeah, player yeah. that got moved today. This rotation of the earth, it's like, yeah. <laughs> is he the best player that I'd, got moved? Oh well, uh, Gary Payton. Gary the Payton the second. Gary Payton the second's a good one. I'd probably go Gary Payton the second, but Poto's up there. You know what I mean? Like the, the the thing for me is right. Like he's going to a team that he absolutely can can give production to and can help. Right? Like I think that that's the part that you that you see with Toronto. It, it's like Sean said, like. They're all six nine. 
Like the whole team <laughs> outside of Fred Van Vliet is six nine. So it's good to have Jakob down there. He's got really good footwork around the basket. Does a really good job getting an open shot. Does a really good job opening things up for point guards looking to get a shot, which Fred Van Vliet needs desperately up there as well. Somebody who can come off and screen. And you know what? He's a big that weighs more than 108 pounds because every dude that's <laughs> tall up there is the skinniest dude on the planet. So I I, I like the, the pickup of Portal to uh, to Toronto. I think that's probably the best move. Um, or I, I'll say that. It's probably For my today. favorite. It's probably my favorite move. Gary For Payton second might be the best move. That's, I mean, that's, that's a good a, one. That's a For funny today. move, but it, it's a good move for them. All right. Can I, can I just throw out and I fully prepare for people to laugh at me. Uh, <laughs> Sadiq Bay to Atlanta mm. is, and I think it's an underrated move. <laughs> being able to move them. Being able to move them. So, so Detroit, and, and we've talked to, to Koo uh, about all this, the lockdown distance host. Just uh, say it, Koo. Just say it. it. Just, just does not want. <laughs> three and D guy. Can't hit three. Can't hit three. Can't <laughs> Uh, but I, I just feel like, and, and if, if he had gone to the Warriors, it would have been better because obviously, you know, better players around him, but I just, I like, I've seen enough of Sadiq Bay to say that he, he has that potential. He's still young. I think he's a role player that had too much freedom in Detroit. And when you can sure. kind of, when you can kind of focus a guy like that into, you know what? You're playing alongside Trey. You're playing alongside uh, DeJounte. You're playing alongside some good players around here on, on the Hawks. You don't need to do anything besides catch, shoot, and defend. That's it. You don't dribble. Don't pull up off the dribble. We don't want none of that stuff. You're going to – we're going to set some flare screens. You're going to catch. You're going to shoot. And you're going to defend. And that – now, defending on the Hawks, that's going to be tough because you're you're you still have to make up for the deficiencies of a few other players, including the worst defender in the league. But don't I, what, what was that? Don't the Hawks have this already? They have AJ Griffin already, right? Don't don't they have this already? No, 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 no. And, no. Hey, first off, let's not disrespect AJ Griffin. AJ Griffin can play. Okay, so so Sidney Bay is now in a role behind somebody that does what he does already. I, don't know. I think I don't know. I just think I think it's an underrated move that that could pay off. I don't. I'm not sitting here saying like, oh my god, Atlanta. I just feel like there's there's something here that we could be looking back on and be like, you know what, that was sneakily uh, a pretty a pretty good trade. I, I, uh, that's I the, that, that's that's the question is who. who I don't know out. if I don't know if I, I'll say the part of the trade that I'm most impressed by is the Wiseman to the Pistons part, right? Because you, mm. clearly Bagley isn't the answer there. You want to go upside. You got a ton of young pieces on this team. Wiseman's a guy, especially in an Eastern Conference, that many of these teams are saying, hey, we're going big again. We want twin towers. We want big bodies down here. If you're going to win in the long run, you're going to need tall guys that can go out there and make plays. James Wiseman's a guy who has been up and down, but also hasn't been allowed to play through his mistakes. And finally, I think he'll get that opportunity because on the Golden State Warriors, here's the thing. The Warriors have a way to play basketball. The Warriors have a way that has won multiple championships that they play basketball. You can't come in and slow that down. And I think when you saw Wiseman on the court, it slowed it down a little bit. And then that's why the Warriors went, mm, maybe this isn't the time to try and develop this large young big. Maybe we should move him around a little bit or send him to the G League. And then he ends up getting hurt on top of that, right? So for me, I'm I'm looking at 
the fact that you got him into a situation where now he can work through his mistakes. He can work through some of the up and downs. He can be a part of a system and be a focal point in a part of that system, right? Where there's a ton of other young pieces with him as well. I'm, I'm more on the positive on the Detroit side. I kind of agree with Koo. I, I must say I don't watch a ton of Sadiq Bay, but every time I've seen him go up against the Chicago Bulls, it does look like what Koo says, where you can, you don't really see a spot for him guarding one through four. He's not going to guard a center. The three ball just kind of takes them further and further out of the game because it's the, the job he's supposed to have. And the times where he was most effective versus the Bulls is when the Bulls were just making boneheaded fouls and taking him out of the and putting him at the free throw line. Can I share another unintentionally funny uh, report from today? Sure. <laughs> the Charlotte Hornets and guard Reggie Jackson in the, in the Mason Plumlee deal are likely to agree to a contract buyout. This would be a Sham Sharania. Jackson will be among top point guards on the open market and will prioritize contending. Hornets set to play younger players down the stretch. What have they been doing since? Like, what have they been doing already? Have the Hornets not been playing their younger players? Like, who are the, these younger players that the Hornets have not been prioritizing so far? The Hornets are the Hornets were set back by one of some bad circumstances, but just a weird set of circumstances. And they've had absolutely no answers to try and combat them, right? They're they they're still rolling with the hey, let's let's just see what Gordon Hayward's got going on. <laughs> I mean, like Gordon, Gordon Hayward. That, that, speaking of a player that that's meant for Utah here, how about we get a deal done there? Yeah, that back. Been, Bring him home. Back. You know what I mean? Bring him home. I mean, I daddy's know. always happy. Daddy's home. <laughs> I will never forget that Gordon Hayward video of the gender reveal, and he had like a. It was another girl. <laughs> hey, his daddy daddy's happy? Always happy. Daddy's always happy. I'll never forget. That video. <laughs> um. All right. Let's see if we got. Darian Vaziri locked on Clippers. Uh, we've been talking about the Clippers today. We, we've been we've been debating on the Clippers. They basically sent out Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, John Wall, and they get back Eric Gordon, Bones Highland, Mason Plumley. Did this? Did the Clippers get better? And by how much? Definitely got better. I've been saying for a couple of weeks on Locked On Clippers that we need to get rid of Reggie. You know, he's a loyal servant, soldier to the Clippers. Was such a big part of our best ever playoff run in 2021. But the last couple of years have done, you know, some some things to him. He's older. We've worked him very hard. And he just – his basketball IQ is just – on a championship contending team, it kind of sticks out. And Ty, the main reason is Ty Lue just couldn't, you know, help him from himself, honestly. He just kept playing him. to the Over guys like Robert Covington, guys like Terrence Mann, he was playing too much. So, and that's – I think it's a huge move to get rid of him, even though I really love the guy – and we addressed the biggest issue with the Clippers roster-wise this season, a backup big man. Because whenever Zubats comes out of the game, we struggle. And the small ball with, they like, Roku at the five. They do? Yeah. The you saw that struggle. last night, right? The Clippers struggle. Oh, yeah. yeah. So to get a, a, a starting caliber center off the bench is amazing. And then, you know, Eric Gordon and Luke, and Luke Kennard, I don't know how to feel about it. It's kind of, like, lateral to me. I think Luke Kennard is better at certain things, like off the ball and – you know, catch and shoot. But Eric Gordon, you know, he's a better creator. And I think part of it is he's stronger defensively, just bigger. Mm -hmm. He won't get bullied like that. He's probably going to get beat off of speed. But he's also a former Clipper. We drafted him in 2008, and he was the biggest centerpiece of the Chris Paul trade. And I'm not going to lie, even though I was really ecstatic we got Chris Paul, Eric Gordon was my favorite Clipper for two years before Blake Griffin. So 
I'm you excited. Forget, you forget the Clippers were in an era where Eric Gordon could be your favorite player. That's right. He was averaging 20-plus <laughs> points per game. And then as for Bones Highland, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to talk to some more Nuggets fans about it. I know they've been trying to move off him for a couple of weeks. Ta- really talented player. Can score in bunches. I don't think he has much interest on the defensive end, though. Curious to see where he fits. But we got some youth in there. Like a younger, more energized Reggie Jackson, honestly. which With more <laughs> skill, in my opinion. I, I love the Clippers' ability to uh, say, hey, bud, we're done with you because we're trying to reset this thing and, and move in the right direction and then circle back around and go get that guy again. I, it's, it's, it really is impressive how, how they continue to do that with so many players. The one thing I'll ask you about the Clippers is this, right? Like, do any of these moves, while if they make them better one way or the other, do any of these moves make you feel like, okay, now we're in this championship era? of what the Clippers can get to? Or is it still like, I don't really know what Kawhi is at times every night. What's PG going to be doing? Uh, are they both going to be on the court together? Are, are you still kind of in the same mindset after the trade deadline? I think Paul George is always going to be a guy that we don't know what. That's that's why he's not a superstar to me. He's a star because you just don't know what Paul George you're going to get. Wow. And what, what do you think? You think that's crazy? Oh, just not calling Paul. Just just downgrading Paul George from superstar to regular stars. You think Paul George is a superstar? He doesn't command games to me that way, and consistently enough to be. A I, I think I would agree. I think I would agree. I think his shoe sales may not agree with you, though. I think <laughs> he sold enough. I, he makes he makes the best looking shoes outside of us. Uh, don't worry about that. Anyway, <laughs> no, I mean, look, I, obviously, hey, the, I will say I've asked yeah. the question multiple times. I don't understand what Paul George has done to warrant a shoe line. Well, I mean, there's a lot of players that have, haven't. Oh, remember he made the Eastern have, Conference Finals two years in a row against LeBron that one. What did Stephon Marbury do to a shoe besides just well, being a <laughs> player to watch? He he made them. That's what he did. He he said, <laughs> "I'm going to make the shoe line." I'm he not- cobbled them. Himself. He learned from the elves. Like he he went there and learned, and then he cobbled them himself. No, there's a uh, lot of players in the NBA with shoe lines that I look and I'm being like, wasn't wasn't this a privilege at one point? <laughs> whether whether Paul George is a superstar player, well, Kyle Kuzma has a shoe line, guys. Like, come on. <laughs> whether Paul George is a star or not, though, does this just change where the Clippers are? Like, how do you see the West now stacking up when, like, all the teams from four to, well, I guess, like the four to like six, and then the Lakers and Warriors all got better? Yeah, the West got so much better over the course of 48 hours. I mean, you guys, Dallas, I'd say definitely got better after I, what I saw last night. And then the Lakers trade is just still mind-boggling to me how they got that. <laughs> like, I just can't believe that. It was unbelievable trade. And then Kevin Durant to the Suns was one of the craziest trade deadline moves of my lifetime. I, I couldn't believe that came out. And to get, keep Aiton, to have four, you know, players that can get you 20-plus yeah. every night on any given night, I should say. But as far as the Clippers, um, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have been healthy for a couple of weeks now. To me, what holds them back, besides them just being the best versions of themselves, which is totally up to them, is Ty Lue, to me, has not maximized this roster this season. It's his first season in three years where I could say he's had a bad season as a coach. Does that mean he's a bad coach? No. I think he has every right to have a bad season like players can have bad seasons. But the problem is we have all these wings, and he's leaned two into guys that only score. Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson. When their shots aren't falling, Mm. they don't contribute elsewhere. Look at Marcus Morris last night. One for eight from the field, played 30 minutes. He's not warranting 
play, that much playing time to me. But Ty has picked favorites, and those two favorites are Reggie and Marcus Morris. So by losing one of them and bringing in a backup big, which addresses a huge need, I think it's a big-time move. To have as many players out there that are average to above average on defense is what's going to make the Clippers so much better. And I think we needed just minor moves. We got definitely better, in my opinion. Definitely. They're, they definitely made minor moves. <laughs> they, yeah. They definitely, uh, I didn't do you, anything crazy. Darian, do you have a favorite move out there? We're talking about what's our favorite move, where like a player is now in a much better fit or a team got sneakily better or something like that. Not like the bigger moves, but like what's a, hmm. a, a, a one of your favorite moves today? Just today or, or yesterday included? We can go yesterday too. I don't know. The Lakers counts as a huge move, right? That was my dog. Did you hear him? He is like, that sounded like a person. Nick, turn the camera down. Who who do you have tied up on the floor? (laughs) Not Riley. (laughs) That's why he didn't make moves. That's why he didn't make any moves. This this is my dog, Danny. Danny Ainge. (laughs) Ainge. (laughs) You you missed Corrales' rant on Danny Ainge. Uh, Yeah. What's your favorite move, Darian? Does the Laker move count as a big move? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, just your favorite one. It could be any of them. Oh well, I mean, it's got. Well, I don't necessarily like it as a Clippers fan, <laughs> but, but but I mean, with the Suns going from their window being closed shut to now they have all the pressure in the world. I mean, Devin Booker is the second best player on their team. Like that's kind of insane. And Chris Jeez. Paul, for the first time in his career, is the third guy. Like if Chris Paul can't be in that Jason Kidd kind of role. Yes. Uh, in 2011, yep. if he can do just that. He might be, it might be enough. But the thing about, I want to mention about Jason Kidd, though, was his defense against elite players, even at that age in 2011. Chris Paul is not doing that. But as long as he can make good decisions, knock down open shots, and not Small. do a little too much, and not, yeah, exactly, not do a little too much. I mean, third option, Chris Paul, it's, 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 uh, that's got to be the best move. It's Kevin Durant. Oh, it's got to be the best move. What was your like? My, I think one of my favorite ones, just like a random, the Thomas Bryant to Denver. It was sneaky. That was a real sneaky That's one. Sneaky Three second round picks. You get you get a backup center for Denver. Like they needed one. Remember when everybody clowned them for for DeAndre Jordan, and then they've tried like the Zeke Naji thing, and that's just a sneaky move. Thomas Bryant has done some things. He's done some things for the for the Lakers this season. Yeah, not a bad not a bad move at all. Honestly, that's a that's a pretty good one. Celtics have been quiet so far, John. Celtics only Mike Muscala. Why Mike Muscala? Well, I I think for the regular season, it helps um, when you go, when you don't play Al Horford on back to backs, you get Mm -hmm. another kind of stretch big that you can throw out there with, with minimal kind of impact. You got a guy that can obviously doesn't defend as well as, as Horford. uh, But you you just, just adding a little depth, adding a little bit of big man depth and, uh, any any guy with size that can shoot is is potentially helpful. So so minor move, but that's about that's about all they were ever going to do. So Al Horford sits back to backs like load manage. They load manage him. Yep, okay. he does not play on the second night of back to backs. And okay. uh, and Robert Williams has has been kind of taking the front end off. Mm-hmm. So they have so they usually have one of of both. So um, that that's just going to be helpful. I don't know how many back to backs they have left, but. And, you know, look, Rob, with his knee, every once in a while it gets sore, so he's going to have to sit. Horford just had some swelling in his knee, so he's going to have to sit maybe a little bit more. So for the course of the regular season, this is this is going to be a little bit of depth that gets the Celtics through the regular season without having to tax those guys, and and you can kind of go into the playoffs just maybe with just a tiny bit fresher legs. You think he's going to get any minutes in the playoffs? Eh, 
you know, nope. <laughs> I doubt your rotation so good. Moose. Yeah, no, I mean that's you. You, it's in playoffs are what eight man rotation. So you've yeah, got right. F- assuming full health, you got Smart, Jalen, Jason, uh, Al, and Rob, and then you got Marcus. I mean, I'm sorry, you got Malcolm Brogdon off the bench, Derek White off the bench, and Grant what Grant Williams off the bench. There, there's your eight, and then right. you have so Luke Cornett, no. Mike Muscala, no. Every once in a while, maybe just in a case of an emergency or foul trouble or a sprained ankle or something. But Celtics one through eight are, are pretty deep and, and oh, they yeah. can be pretty versatile. So they were never ever going to make a deal that messed with that one through eight. It was always going to be that nine through fourteen mm-hmm. or fifteen that was going to be they're trying to upgrade and get some depth. And you know they traded Justin Jackson, who never plays, for a guy who might play, and that that that's. That's about all we could have ever expected. Yeah. Oh, Nick, I thought of two. I thought of two. Two small moves that I liked. Oh, go. One of them, I actually don't like it, but, like, for them, I like it. <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies getting Luke Kennard. I mean, I think Luke yeah, is great. I said that earlier, and everybody there laughed at me. Why? Why? Yeah, great, no. yeah, Nick switched sides, though. You said Nick switched Nick was sides. like, yeah, no, that's good. I said that when it happened, and people were like, oh. Yes, he did. He did. Luke Town. <laughs> I don't remember laughing a, about Luke Kennard. He's a sniper, man. The only thing this season is he's had a nagging calf injury. And as I said, Ty Lue shows preferential treatment to Reggie Jackson to the point where, to me, Luke Kennard in 2023 is a better better fit for most any NBA team. The thing is, Reggie Jackson just can play, make a little bit in pick and roll. But to me, his decision-making is still too erratic. Luke Kennard, at least, you know, he knows what he's good at. And he sticks in his lane, sometimes too much. So you want him to kind of develop a little more and maybe play make a little bit and pick and roll. Because coming off screens, he can still stop and pop. But Ty Lue has kind of hurt Kennard's confidence. He'll go one for five, and then he'll, he'll sit the rest of the game. It's just if Memphis can give him some consistent run, he can work through a couple of misses, he's going to go back to shooting like 45% from three again, like lights out. And then my other move, Jaden McDaniels to Philly. You can never have enough good wings that Jaylen. guard. You can never have enough good wings that guard. The Jalen McDaniels movie is that's really interesting. That's that's a player I really wanted the Mavericks to try and go after. It's like a sneaky, like, oh, I didn't know they were trading him. And then all of a sudden that like the, the Hornets decided to send him out. And uh yeah, that's a sneaky one. But they can got we, rid of a they got rid of Matisse Tybel and they bring in Jalen McDaniels. So the difference between them two on on defense and offense will be interesting to see. Is Am it Jaden they brought in or Jalen? Jaden is the one in Minnesota. Jalen is the one from the Hornets. Okay. Am I crazy that no one has really spoken about Conley to you to 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 Minnesota as mm. potentially impactful deal? That's because true. you you take out D'Angelo Russell, who's you know a score first guy, you bring in Conley as kind of a connective tissue between Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and and Rudy Gobert when everybody's healthy. That's more the type of point guard that they kind of need in that situation, and 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 D'Lo kind of with his offense and, and, and it being erratic that you you take that out and you put it in LA and maybe he gets with the level of star in LA can kind of keep him maybe more in check but in Minnesota you have a guy that keeps everybody else in check that that's what they've needed they've needed that professional kind of point guard to be like have hey, been there I've done that uh you know one of the most respected guys in the league nobody can say a bad thing about Mike Conley I think that's actually kind of a pretty nice move for them. And you, and you can almost in Minnesota start talking yourself into like the 
all of the picks that you gave up for Gobert, well, let's just say we got them for Gobert and Mike Conley. And just maybe it's a little bit better <laughs> than, the, than the original fleecing. But I, I actually think that's a pretty solid move for them. So you think that D'Angelo Russell's like, you know, I, I, I can go get 20 points a night thing was hurting them? Yeah. I can, I can go get 20 points tonight. I will give you 23, but I'll, yeah, go, yeah, get but, you, I'll go get you 20. Right. And he can he can go get 20 points on 20 shots, but like that's you, you don't need that. You, your scorers are Cat and Anthony Edwards. You you've got Gobert as an outlet for lobs and you know vertical spacing. You need a guy that can knock down some shots, but not be a, a just a shot getter, yeah. shot taker. You just need a guy who can knock down the shots when he's open, and and find a way to just organize the the offense. So and you can say, hey, cat, no, this way. You go to this corner. We're gonna run empty corner for you know in, in an Anthony Edwards action, and that's gonna be something that kind of opens things up. You need that guy especially on a team with a lot of young uh, or young-minded kind of players to, yeah. to just say, I'm, I, I, got, I got all of you. I'm going to get all of you exactly what you need. Just let me kind of orchestrate this whole thing. It's, it's, it is kind of like the conductor getting, okay, that's the brass. This is when you come in. That's percussion. You guys, this is the time. This is the strings. This is when you come in. Like all of that, he, you need that. And they didn't have that for a long time. So I, I think it – I'm not so sure where it gets Minnesota, but it does help Minnesota, I think, significantly. No, 100%. That, the, the thing about Minnesota that I think a lot of times we forget is when you don't have the veteran presence, when you have the youth, right? Like, I mean, D'Lo is a veteran. He is a veteran presence, right? But, I mean, it, it's, not, it's not the same as Mike Conley. When you don't have that guy that can come in and that's been in those big situations and been successful and can say, hey, listen, we're, we're okay. Calm down. We don't need you to come down here and take the pull-up three with 23 seconds on the shot clock here because you feel like we're down too much. We can get back into this. You have the talent to do that. I think he's going to be so beneficial to Anthony Edwards. And I, I said this on Lockdown NBA last night. Uh, the only guy who was ever willing to pass the ball to Rudy Gobert in Utah when Rudy Gobert <laughs> had some of his best offensive <laughs> game now plays again with Rudy Gobert. Yeah, that yeah. adds to the offensive output that maybe you feel like you lose with D'Lo. You're getting that back possibly in Rudy Gobert. Listen, he's the only guy. It was the only time where I'd be like, wow, Rudy Gobert can actually play in the pick and roll. I, I think I think he actually can. I, they should do that with Donovan Mitchell. And then you see seven passes go around. Rudy wouldn't touch the ball. It would yeah. get to Mike Conley. And he'd be like, give it to the large dude down low with a point guard on him. And he's going to dunk the basketball. I like that. I like Except that. He doesn't. he doesn't dunk the basketball. No, he, he took, Have you seen him in a playoff series? Little turn he, he, he puts it. He puts you, it up somewhere, but he you doesn't. Mean, he you doesn't. mean those? You mean those playoff series where he's taking seven shots in a game? Yeah, <laughs> you know and they I should mean? all be. They should be dunks, and they're not. Every, <laughs> like, why are every, these not dunks? Hey, listen. If every time I give you 10, 10 shots a game, you put up twenty plus, I'm just doing some math here. <laughs> just doing some math. I'm not saying we're great at math. Clearly, we've seen math as a today. <laughs> But yeah, if every have, time I give math, you math more than 10 shots a game, you put up 18 to 20 plus points, I'm going to give you more than 10 shots a game. I think Mike <laughs> Conley understands that, or at least give you 10 shots a game. And I think that that's going to add to what the, uh, the, the T-Wolves are going to be able to do as well. My question is this, though. Do you think it was be- Do you think for this non-cat stretch it was better to have a guy that can get you 20? Do you think they needed that scoring with Carl Anthony Towns out for so, so long? 
I, I think you have to get the scoring where you can, and it doesn't help you if, like uh, Nick and John said, right? Like if you give me twenty, but but then somebody gives you twenty three, right? Like D'Lo should be in a, D'Lo should be an assassin. He should be a mercenary. He should be the guy that you're bringing off the bench, and you say, hey, we need somebody that's going to go out there and knock down shots. You don't want him in the starting role, I don't think, right? Like he's he's an offensive juggernaut. He's a defensive liability, and that's okay. You can have those guys on your team, but you want to use them in the best position possible. You don't want to just, hey, you're the every night starting point guard. You want to have a guy that, for me, right, like Mike Conley can go out there, and yeah, he's lost a little bit of a step defensively, but you know Definitely. what he's going to provide to the rest of the team. You know what his his awareness, his his calmness, how his, his vision is going to be able to to elevate Anthony Edwards, elevate Rudy Gobert, elevate Cat when he does come back, right? Um, and I just don't think you had that with D'Lo at this point. You had you had an assassin that had to play at the number one spot in L.A. He's going to get to be an assassin in L.A. They're going to just say, "Hey, uh, you run with LeBron, and whenever he passes you the ball, you shoot that." Don't dribble. Don't don't don't. When, when he pass you the ball, you shoot yeah. that because it's gonna be the right pass. So I think both teams kind of got a guy that they can finally put in the right position. I think this is one of the actual like beneficial deals for everybody yeah. because the 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 Jazz come out of it with the potential for a ton of cap space. They get another first round pick out of it, and you know, like we said, Minnesota gets somebody useful. The Lakers, I think, get somebody useful. This is actually for for again a weird Danny Ainge deal where kind of everybody kind of comes away with it thinking like, okay, we did okay. I think Minnesota's a first-round exit this year, though. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident in it. Look at the West right now. The West is nuts right now. First-round yeah. first series. What is it? The 4-5. The it's Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving versus Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. That's the 4-5 four, <laughs> series. Right I would now. love to watch that in the first round. Someone first going home. Round. Someone going home. Hopefully first, it's Phoenix, first, honest. I'd root for you. First-round series could be – the Denver Nuggets versus the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> I would love that too. Memphis versus either the Pelicans or the Timberwolves. Like the really, the really, really, nobody's really. watching the Eastern Conference playoffs until the finals. Not the first round. Boston versus uh, we get New York in the first round. Okay, wait. So can we get can we get four sweeps in the first round? Celtics probably, probably Celtics versus oh. Toronto, Chicago, Atlanta. Those are sweeps, right? They're all sweeps. No. If it's the so Hawks, if, I may if, give Trey Young and DeJounte a game. The Bulls, the Bulls won't beat the Celtics in a series, but if the Bulls play the Celtics in a series, they would get one or two games because yeah, – well, depending on the health of Robert Williams. They'll get one if Robert Williams is healthy. They'll get two if Robert Williams is not healthy. They won't win the series. What's the deal with Chicago? Are they Celtics are sweeping any of those teams to me. Milwaukee, Atlanta, Chicago, Toronto, New York, they're sweeping any of those teams. I'm giving Trey Young a game. How healthy is Milwaukee? Healthy. We're we're assuming health. Are we? Can we assume what has the exercise? We are. <laughs> okay. We healthy, assume their healthy, medical. We assume their medical staffs have like a goal <laughs> to be the end of the season. A hundred percent. Philadelphia. Healthy, yes, I agree with you. Philadelphia. They're sweeping. Who's they, mm. they play? Hundred percent healthy. I agree. With they play Cleveland. That's a that's a solid series to me. No, it's, it'd be right now. It'd be Philly, Miami. So that one's that one's not a sweep. That one's a good one. But I think Miami Definitely will rise really? up to five. That's the one yeah, that you think isn't a sweep. Yeah, yeah bro. I, I mean, the Heat. Oh, I know they're a little bit. Uh, not a sweep. That'd be a tough series, actually. Yeah. But I still think that Philly will get them in six games, though. This time, uh, Josh I, Lloyd. Josh Lloyd's jumping in here. Josh, if you want to come in, I, I sent you the link. So I if think you want to come, come, come hang out. There's with just us. no, no, 
Listen, I love Bam out of bio, but I will say this. There's something that is happening in the NBA right now that the Heat need to take notice of. Teams are going back to realizing that seven footers that can play basketball are kind of important in the game of basketball. And you're quickly seeing Bam out of bio become one of those players that, yes, he's a really, really nice player, but he might need to start thinking about moving to the four instead of the five because when he goes up against these bigger matchups, he's getting bodied up out here. Well, how many bigger matchups are there? It's that's I was, was going to say. How many big guys are going to take advantage of him? It's Embiid, it's and Jokic, I guess Giannis. It, Embiid, yeah, he's going to have to make the, the finals the, to play the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> I no, don't. I, I'm not worried about yeah. Allen and and Mobley like that. I think he's going to get beasted on the glass or something because, like, one on one, Jared Allen's not going to go at Bam in the post or something. I think I'm, Bam. I'm just, I'm just Bam saying it's mobile. If you see the direction that the NBA is kind of going in, and it's going to make it harder for Bam moving forward if he stays yeah. at the five. People that's, are going out correct. there and they're looking for tall guys. If James Wiseman becomes a really good player, he's seven foot three in Detroit right now. Yeah, I just look right, but that that's not going to change what the playoffs, what these playoffs are. You know, maybe Bam has to change things in a year or two or three, but not in you know April or May. Yeah, and no, he's, no, he's mobile. Look, I, I just don't trust Philly. I don't trust Philly. I agree uh, with that. I mean, especially after watching what the Celtics did to them just last night. Yes. Yeah. Just, you yeah. know, that was se- Philly, you know, full strength against the Celtics without, by the, you know, out in the second half, four starters and Jason Tatum scoring 12 points. And the Celtics Whoa. had that 10 point lead in the fourth quarter. So that's that. I, I feel like Embiid has you as dominant as he can be, he also has the ability to be worn out in a series. And if you throw the right defense at him, he can be worn out. And, and if he's taking threes or long jumpers at the end of the fourth quarter, you got a chance to beat those guys. I don't trust them. I don't trust them to defend Jimmy Butler. I still believe no. that playoff Jimmy Butler is different. Like he's just a he different, is different dude, you know? So I, I'm not saying the heat, you know, Sixers beating the heat, of course. Sure. But, uh, in five, six, no, six, six, maybe seven. I can see that series being being tough um, for for Philly. That that's for that's sure. probably the matchup that they don't want. I think the problem with Miami is less about Bam at the playing potentially the four. I think they don't have a four. I think that's part of the reason they've dropped off so much this yeah. season. Without PJ Tucker, they don't have a. They haven't replaced him. They play like I mean, what's the, what's even their starting lineup? Bam, Jimmy, Kyle Lowry, Hero, and who's the other? Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin. Like, they don't really have yeah. that guy. Truce. It depends <laughs> yeah, on the night. Not, could be Struce, could be Martin, could be. It's you not know, a big whatever. wing. That's not a big, they need a big wing. Yeah. It's 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 a, I don't know, man. Miami to me is kind of heading toward a path that ends soon with them being a jimmy butler tough team that doesn't do much right like yeah. i think that's that there's just not a lot of options outside of jimmy can jimmy get it going offensively yeah then you're sacrificing a little bit on the defensive end for that for that uh um, for that offensive output but on top of that there just isn't a lot of other options for him to go to and jimmy jimmy's just literally like hey i'll drag y'all all along with me but you got to do something <laughs> I, he, he really is he's like bam do something tyler do something and i think the one thing let me know i mean me and nick have talked about this but like there was a lot of players that were supposed to take this leap this year on multiple teams. It just happened. 
Scotty Barnes on Toronto, Patrick Williams on the Bulls, uh, Iota Sumo on the Bulls, right? Any like, of the Warriors guys. Any <laughs> of the Warriors young pieces that they wanted to keep around, right? Like there's been a ton of these this young talent that was supposed to take this leap that was going to vault these teams that are kind of all bunched together into this next level basketball era, and they haven't. And I think that that's really right why you're seeing teams just say, hey, look, like we're willing to sell off these pieces because we're trying to find out who the next guy is and it's not the guys that we thought. Or in Toronto's case, they're like, we believe Scotty Barnes is the guy. We're not selling anything. Once he gets <laughs> we're buying, good, actually. Finally, we're buying, just actually. Kidding. Once he gets good, we'll be fine. I thought Toronto would be so much better than they are right now. It's so weird that they're as bad as they have been. I, I thought they'd be the eighth seed. Before well, the I season? Yeah, the eighth seed, because I don't think they made enough significant roster upgrades. I thought it was just dependent on Scotty Barnes' development and then Siakam getting a little better. And and I think the big thing with Toronto is that with Scotty Barnes kind of just staying the same, so did everyone else, right? Like Siakam isn't leaps and bounds better. Fred Van Vliet isn't leaps and bounds better. Everybody else is just kind of the player that they are, and you hinged everything around the development of Scotty Barnes. I think that Scotty Barnes will develop. I think he'll take a step. I think he'll continue to grow. But when you hinge everything on a second-year player and that second-year player doesn't perform, your team's going to have some issues. And guess what? The team is having some issues. <laughs> and they don't have and they don't have really depth. They got Otto Porter and he didn't end up playing a game for them. You know, they have nothing off the bench. I, I know a lot yeah, about uh, Otto Porter not playing a game for you. <laughs> I, I see a lot of comments. I didn't even realize we had comments going. I see a lot of comments about Josh Green, and I want to say he impressed me so much last night. There's a lot of Mavs fans in this, so we let's do some Mavs Clippers like crossover talk from from last night. So we, we saw Kyrie Irving's debut. We saw what he can be with this team. No Luka Doncic, but we did see um, we did see you did see Josh Green. He's really taking a step up now that they traded Dorian Finney Smith. He's going to probably start and definitely be the guy they're going to lean on as like, all right, you take this next step because we think you can replace the defense we lost. I mean, dude, Kawhi Leonard always kills you guys. He, he didn't kill at all last night. He, he, he went on that one run that like, yeah. what was it? Second or third quarter third, run. Rob, he quarter. scored like 11 straight points. And I was like, oh God, here comes Kawhi. I literally put that in my nose. I was like, oh God, Kawhi woke up. And then he just didn't score again. It was wild. It was impressive, man. He played good defense, and I also didn't know how athletic he was on the break. He threw yeah. a couple of like sledgehammers down. I mean, it's like and he hit a couple of threes. It yeah. is, it's wild but, for a Mavs fan to watch an athletic player like that. Like they just don't, ha they haven't had those guys in a long time. Like Dennis Smith Jr. was one, and like they just haven't had these athletic guys. So to see Josh Green, how fast he is too, like to catch up to guys and recover in defense. Yeah, it's just been awesome to watch Josh Green take this next step, especially considering. First year under Rick Carlisle, doesn't play. Second year, he like kind of plays here and there. But then in the playoffs, he they have that that moment where he's in the corner and he gets the ball and Rudy Gobert is standing back. And then he like dribbles in a circle and then passes the ball out. Like you could just tell he wasn't ready for that moment. And now yeah. he's just gone from it's night and day from that moment to now. Definitely. I mean, I see a comment too about PG-13, though, cooked Kyrie all night. I have to say, <laughs> I think Kyrie's defensive effort was pretty good. I thought it was too. He was trying hard, and there was even times where, like, I remember one time Paul tried to post him up on the on the elbow, and he stripped him. And I was like, geez. Like, yeah. You know, the, the, you guys were switching very heavily, and I think every single team knows what the Clippers is. Switch everything and make them try to beat you one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. Because what ends up happening is we don't have enough downhill threats, so it's just Paul, George, and Kawhi taking turns shooting contested mid-ranges. And, like, those are their shots, but they got to make them. And if they don't, it's stagnant. So that's I think every team is – What's up? <laughs> I said, that's literally it. I was just watching the end of that game last night, and I was like, man, 
Why why is the only play they keep doing just I'm gonna drive into the mid range, turn my back to the basket, bump, turn around, pull well, up midi with a hand in my face. Marcus like, Morris is the same. Terrence Mann does those. Like, like, I feel like it's this whole thing. Terrence Mann is actually one of the only people that actually attacks closeouts and is athletic. Morris, though, see, that's the, my biggest issue is Morris our two is best players. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, he, he'll he'll chuck up some of those mid-range shots for sure, though. Yeah, well, the thing is, are you talking about Terrence or Senior? No, Marcus, Mor- Marcus Morris. Is yeah, what talking about. and, and that, that's the problem is our two best players, especially Kawhi, he doesn't really get by people that much. He hasn't even done that since he came to the Clippers, really, but mm. it's obviously a tad slower since the ACL. But – Paul George and Kawhi, they don't get two feet in the paint, blow by guys enough. And so when our best players are, you know, guys in the twilight of their primes that they live off mostly contested jump shots, and then we have another guy starting who doesn't play defense and all he does is shoot contested jumpers or wide open threes, it's just not the best fit to me, you know? Senior's great when we don't have Kawhi and Paul George because then we need somebody that can make tough shots. But with them, he's not a better player around them to me than Covington or Batum. And obviously, Ty Lue just for whatever reason doesn't have Covington high on his on his uh, pecking order of players. But yeah, hey, was how weird. weird was it? Yeah, I thought that yeah. I thought we would get a, a Christian Wood Covington kind of sw- like swap between the two teams. You guys are already trying to move off Christian Wood? Oh yeah, yeah. They, 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 they've they've been trying. They've been shopping him. They've been shopping him hard just because he can't guard in space, even he though he's good offensively. Okay, you watched him last night. He can't play in a series against the Clippers. Right, like the Mavs. If it's four or five, Mavs get in a series against the Clippers. He can't play in that series. Well, see, I'm only looking at things here from a Clipper perspective. So I, you know, I'm not locking into the Mavs on okay, defense. But you, know? you would be excited if 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 Christian Wood was like <laughs> playing 40 minutes a game or 35 minutes a game for the Mavs. Well, yeah, we're gonna put him in the action. You know, try to see if he can guard. Right. But, does that? Hey, but does I, that speak more to the trouble of of Dallas's construction though? Because the thing is, right, like well, you can't hide a player that can give you 20 plus points a game. And I think we, we all agree. He can give you 20 plus points a game. The problem is now you have three players that can all give you 20 plus points a game. And none of them are really good defenders. The problem, like in the NBA, if you're going to try to hide a player, it has to be a Luca, a Kyrie, like a player that is go- giving you elite, elite offense. Like Christian Wood gives play. you really good offense. Yeah. Like he, he, he can get you buckets for sure. He's been a really good shooter. I've been surprised how good of a shooter he's been for the Mavs really good on the roll. Like he can get you that stuff, but you if you're gonna hide somebody, you have to prioritize the guys that you're gonna hide, and you got to hide Luca because you got to give him some some rest. They're gonna try to still put him in actions, and they're gonna still try to, um, they're gonna still try to like get Luca switched onto them. But now you have two guys, you have Luca and Kyrie, and so like you sh- you shouldn't hide a third guy, and then all right, then that means Luca and Kyrie are guarding one of like Kawhi, yeah. Paul George, you know, Marcus Morris, or whoever yeah. else. What about just you know like. 15 to 20 minutes off the bench. That's what I think he ends up being. I, th- I think yeah. he ends up being that this year. I mean, you, offense. I'm, I'm really curious to see what Christian Wood's minutes turn into. And I'm, I'm speaking as to what I think the Mavs believe. I, I think they need to lean into Christian Wood a little bit more and just like, all right, we, we need to lean into some offense and try to bring him along defensively. He, maybe he's just not getting it, but um, but yeah, he's like, he's, he's their best option. I think <laughs> like, we're going to run the Dwight Powell thing again. Maxi Kleb is going to come back and that that'll be great. And he'll, he'll end up closing games for them, but they got to just lean into the Christian Wood thing to at least sop up some minutes for them. My, my favorite part of the trade deadline is always the aftermath of the trade deadline. Mo Bamba is already at the U-Haul shop and posting pictures of him packing things up <laughs> to go to LA. Love Mo Bamba going to his own U-Haul place. <laughs> 
I just love oh. after just like all these disgruntled players that are just like perfect. Is it I closed? Mean, by the way, are all no. the moves done, or do we have any late oh, yeah, last no. minute? I haven't, I haven't seen any more moves coming anything. at the last minute. I, we're um, done. There much. was like there were sixteen trades today. I mean that that's that's almost a record for. Are, are there not? Are there not going to be any more like you know those la- the last second ones that come in a little later? Uh, I mean the trade deadline was like what an hour ago. An hour so, ago, so, so it's yeah, done. That's probably it's probably like ago. <laughs> it's probably done. What about a buy? When's the buyout market close? So the buyout market closes March first, and I've been. Keeping track of some buyout guys. We can go over some of them right now. No, uh, I will say, though, before we do that, we should probably address the biggest thing about the game last night we haven't even talked about is Kyrie Irving in a Mavs uniform. How weird was that? It was so weird looking. But I, it was I think crazy. We talked about this on our post game on Lockdown Mavs, but like the way that he helped the Mavs move the ball in that first quarter, like the way that he was like waving off guys and being like, you don't have to treat me like Luca and give me the ball every single possession, right? Like we, we can move the ball around a little bit. I felt like that helped him a lot. Dude, he led by example. He was a true leader out there. His body language is good. I'm telling you, Kyrie's Some would say a selfless leader. He was moving without the ball well. Like if 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 and he was trying on defense. Like if Kyrie's with that kind of attitude, like this is gonna be awesome. Like this is gonna be awesome. Are we really surprised that Kyrie did that last night? No, because it's the first game. He does that every time he goes to a new team. It's true. You're all right about that. Um but I don't know. This feels like a good spot, and I feel like it, it was so bad in Brooklyn that he wants to kind of show everyone, look, I'm not toxic, and my situation was just toxic. And I think he, he has something to prove in that in that sense. He's the bad roommate. It's the bad roommate fallacy, right? Like, if, if you keep having bad roommates, eventually you're the one that's a bad roommate. But yeah. we'll see what happens with Dallas. I mean, maybe it was a specific thing with, with Brooklyn. I think the Mavs are going to continue to give him what he wants, right? Like, they have no choice. They're, they're a desperate team enough to do that, but – and, you know, when we doubled, we were literally straight double teaming him the whole second half, basically. And he was making unselfish plays every time. And that's part of why you guys got so many open threes and we're making them all night. Like Reggie Bullock hit five threes in the first quarter. Yeah. You, I have to something? apologize that you felt that he should have played more. That's my Reggie Bullock. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then also JaVale McGee. That's the JaVale McGee JaVale! I remember. What's all this stuff? What's all this stuff that he was so bad? He looked like JaVale McGee that I remember last night. For like six minutes. But he was amazing. That was the best six minutes I've seen him play all season. Kyrie. Oh, really? Of course it happened to be against us. Kyrie. For six See? minutes. I mean, he didn't play that much, but. Yeah, you're uh, right. But Pacers will be waving Serge Ibaka, allowing the yeah. Here, man to hit here are the bio guys I have so far. Uh, Reggie Jackson. Reggie yep. Jackson wants to go to a contender. That's that's an interesting one. Terrence Reggie, Ross. With, <laughs> Reggie Jackson can't play good minutes for a contender. I'm sorry. I love okay, him. Well, they'll, they'll try. He <laughs> may play for the Mavs. <laughs> like he could be. Need one more ball hand. What's here's my question. Why is Reggie Jackson any better than Hardy right now? What's the what's the upside? Hardy makes mistakes. Like Hardy makes a ton of mistakes. Like and the, Reggie Jackson doesn't. Just wait. <laughs> That's my no, the, the mistakes you saw last night though, the, the five Hardy turnovers where he's oh like, he had five turnovers. Yeah, you guys did turn the ball over a lot. Where he's made dribbling. it that much more disappointing. Zero in the first quarter and like what ten in the second quarter. It was the weirdest like Mavs did, night. Did, Maybe did, a little upgrade. Did Darian just hit us with a, uh, a Stephen A. Smith? He's like, no disrespect, but he's a bona fide scrub. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love, I what love he it. just did. To I Reggie never would Jackson. say that about Reg. <laughs> okay, Reggie Jackson, Terrence Ross from the Magic seems to be one. That's not confirmed yet. Serge Ibaka is an interesting Serge. one. Russell Westbrook, John Wall, um, and then maybe sure. Kevin Love, Nerlens Noel, maybe. Those, these Kevin Love got bought out. You, you, you there, there's, there's you talks about it. Something here. Okay. 
No, there, there's been there have been talks about Kevin Kevin Love possibly but, getting bought. When there talks about him like the last three years, and he keeps being like, "I'm not leaving Cleveland." Like you can't. Serge Ibaka's cooked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there were <laughs> talks about every. There were talks about every Raptors player getting traded today. Yeah, so that, didn't, <laughs> that didn't help. How about Gary Payton going back to Golden State? How about That's them? Wild trading a number two overall pick for Gary Payton and for five seconds and then trading those five seconds for Gary Payton. Like that Kerr, was- Kerr, Kerr made it very clear. He doesn't, I don't think he really likes Wiseman that much. And I don't think he's going to be patient with his development whatsoever. Oh no, no. And they can't be with Steph's timeline either. Like it would be nice if he would be good, but he's not. You gotta give him a chance in Detroit. Uh, any of those buyout guys change the meter for anybody? Well, I think <laughs> got to be about to talk about Russ. He's got to be Darian. Darian's sick. Darian's sick over these buyout guys. I feel bad for John Wall, man. To say what he said about Houston, it didn't work out here. He didn't really buy in. He kind of still thought he was that guy. He wasn't really that guy, and now he's back in Houston. I mean, this is tough. He's getting bought out. He is, but like he's uh, buying out for sure. It's tough when you have point guards like John and Russ right now who are not putting enough effort on the defensive end. There are negatives off the ball. And when they're on the ball, everyone says their playmaking is good. But the thing is, in pick and roll, which is the majority of what playmakers do in today's game, teams are going to go underneath every screen with them. So, you know, they're going to be baited into taking those mid-range jump shots that they're average at, to be nice about it. And then, you know, going to the basket is hard when everyone's packing the paint. Well, Patrick Beverly is another one somebody just mentioned. Pat Bev could help a team. Pat Bev could help a team. Even though still, you think you, you watch a lot of Lakers games, is he he's cooked though? Like it just kind of cooked, like- but but he's averaging thirty nine percent from three the last two months, and he the still Ma- tries I, hard. I, I, the Mavs bad. are going to sign him. The Mavs are one hundred percent going to sign. It's going to be like the Matt Barnes and Kobe thing all over again with Pat. I, I, I listen though. I honestly think if the Mavs do sign him, he'll he'll actually be okay. He'll come off the bench. He'll be a think about Bev is man. Pat he, Bev and Kyrie. He, He's just a he's a good guy to have around because even if he's playing like terribly and doing all his antics stuff, he adds a level of like seriousness of like I'm just gonna compete every night type of thing. And I I, I we miss that here. We really miss a guy that's gonna talk a lot. Our team is so silent, you know. You got you got the most the most stoic stars in the league is like with Kawhi and Paul George. Like literally, they're just like well, Kawhi is just quiet in general, but Paul George is just a very go with the flow kind of guy. Like it's just you know that's one thing I miss about Pat. Hey boys, I love the conversation. I love talking with you guys. I'm gonna drop off here. I'm tired now. Like I, I, this is <laughs> a lot. This is a lot. Shout out to everybody. The Bulls didn't do anything, and he's still- no, here's 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 the here's the best thing about this. I just love the NBA. Oh, it's so great. So I'm okay. Like it, my my favorite team didn't do anything. The team I cover didn't do anything. It's like I've been telling people for six weeks the Bulls weren't going to do anything. But you always go into it with like, eh, maybe Kevin Durant. No, no, okay, all right. I, I, I was just I didn't mean any of that. No, I'll see you boys later, man. See ya. See ya, Pat. Still have Zach Levine. They still got Zach. That was the rumor we talked about earlier today that didn't that didn't pan out. But, um, yeah. I think I think we're we can end here. We we everybody I appreciate everybody that's still hanging on. There's 600 of you still hanging out here, which is kind of wild to me. That's a lot. Uh, we appreciate you guys hanging out on Locked On NBA. You can go, go follow all of our shows. Go in the link in the description. You can follow all of our shows. We're daily, five days a week, talking about Mavs, talking about Clippers, talking about Bulls, Celtics. You heard a whole bunch of hosts here, and we're all doing our shows five days a week, guys. Appreciate you hanging out with us here on Locked On NBA. <laughs>
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.